0: Uh, A&E is a career for medical students, making sure that we encourage people to work in A&E as nurses and also better supporting other staff who can help prevent people um, from going to A&E in the first place.
1: Next, and a Bedfordshire mother's angry after a local council claims her children aren't allowed to play in the woods. Sharnbrook Parish Council told Sarah Morgan's youngsters they couldn't use the small wooded area near to Yelno Lane because it may have an adverse effect on the wildlife. And there'll be more from Sarah later on in the programme here on BBC Three Counties. Now, a 45-year-old man from Welling Garden City has been arrested in connection with a robbery at Ladbrokes in Coal Green Lane. Ben Nye has the details.
2: Police were called to the bookmakers shortly before five o'clock on Friday afternoon following reports of a burglary and a suspect package. A 100-metre cordon was put in place around the premises as a precaution. Army experts attended to assess the package and two controlled explosions took place. The cordon was lifted around half past nine in the evening after confirmation the package wasn't suspicious. A man is currently in police custody for questioning.
1: MPs have delivered a withering assessment of the proposed HS 2 High Speed Rail Lane, which is go through Buckinghamshire. The Commons Public Accounts Committee accuses the government of basing its case on fragile numbers. The chair of the committee, the Labour MP, Margaret Hodge, says the money could be better used for short-term schemes instead.
3: Even under the government's plans, The first spade won't go into the soil until about 2019, 2020. That's too far down the line, and there are plenty of off-the-shelf, very sensible investment projects, including rail projects, which could get the
1: economy going now, get the jobs now, and get the growth now. Finally, tennis and the women's world number one, Serena Williams, has retained her American Open title. She beat Victoria Azarenka in three sets to claim her seventeenth Grand Slam singles title. Weather then it is cloudy this morning with the possibility of oh, rain later up. on. Temperatures it's nineteen. It's supposed to
4: last three minutes, Serena. <laughs> it's three minutes. It's three minutes fourteen now. Please. <laughs> you
1: are late. Anyway, do you know what? You can get the latest news and sport online. Where are at bbc.co.uk slash counties go
4: Come on. Come on. I've, got, I've not been on air for the last two days. I've got a lot to say. Thank you, Serena. Serena Faraday, in the news for us this week. She turned up on time today. Good for her. Good for her. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Monday already. Did you have a good weekend? Mine was, you know, it was, mine was so-so. It's one of those weekends when you think, oh, I can't wait to get back to work. It's, it's, that kind of sums it up, really. lots coming up on the show this morning including a national charity believes there is a shortage of foster children in the east of England Action for Children says this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. Well, would you be a foster carer? A survey has revealed that most people don't like their partner's feet. I've got a thing for feet, although my feet have got a strange lump in them. They've got a big, strange, sort of red lump on the top. And every couple of years, my wife goes, Oh, what's that horrible thing on your feet? That's my feet. Well, today we're sending Justin Dealey out. Yes, he's back to find out what parts of the body the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks find most sexy. And it was the battle of the big TV shows at the weekend... Strictly or X Factor, which do you prefer? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or the best the best way to get in touch, of course, is on the telephone. 08459 four double five five double
5: five.
4: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Have you got what it takes to be a foster carer? There's a shortage of foster carers in the east of England. That's according to the charity Action for Children. They say this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. Recently, it's become more difficult to become a foster parent because of the amount of administration and paperwork involved. I'm joined now by Darren Johnson from Action for Children. Morning, Darren. What does this... uh, Well, Darren, are you there? Darren, hello. That We've lost Darren We will uh, rush to get Darren back immediately You there, Hello Darren Hiya I do apologise I think we had uh, It's Monday We don't expect everything to work on a Monday morning For goodness <laughs> sakes uh, th- This shortage 700 people required to look after someone young in the east of England
6: wh- What does this shortage
4: mean for children?
6: Well I mean uh, you have, um, 1, Darren
4: I tell you what It's not a great line We'll play a song And we'll come back to you in a second Because this is important And we want to hear what you've got to say It's Monday morning, we're just kind of stretching our arms a bit, don't worry. Here's Dusty Springfield. It's a smooth start to the show, isn't it? Should we just give up this week? Should we write this week off? No. If at first you don't succeed, try one more time and go home, yes. That's the thing. Now, back to the foster carer story. We're saying that, uh, according to Action for Children, this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. We were speaking to uh, Darren Johnson from Action for Children. I think we have you now, Darren. Yes, good morning. Beautiful. There we go. We can hear the important message you've got. This shortage, what does it realistically mean for children?
6: Well, um, Action for Children are actually um, carrying out a campaign in order to sort of prevent um, the myth from taking place. We want to um, encourage more... People to come forward in order to become foster carers, and and there are some myths that are around in terms of what it takes to become a carer, and want to dispel those myths.
4: So what? Okay, what what does it take to become a carer? What what do you need?
6: Well, I think that you need um, a lot of passion, um, um, a willingness in order to take on a child who come from a difficult background. In fact, you, you if you rent a home, you can become a carer. If you're in full-time employment, you also can become a carer. And I think there's some assumptions around the fact that if you're over 55, you can't foster, but in fact you can. Um, we also encourage people from the gay, gay and LGBT community to come forward as well. So there are um, um, views out there in terms of what it takes to become a carer, and want to dispel those myths.
4: I guess some people might be thinking, "Well, yes, the only children that are going to be in foster care are going to be um, little so and so's." That is it? Are the the children that you might be you might get um, slightly naughtier?
6: Well, the, you you have your naught um, to fives, you're under fives, but we also get. Um, older children as well um from about 11 to 15 so they come in different ages i mean the, the most important thing is that they they have come from um difficult backgrounds but also we are aspirational for those children and what we find with our foster carers is, is that they really want to make sure that they get great outcomes from being part of their family and if we have people that come forward who are passionate about children, wanting to support those children, then what we want is for for them to provide a stable, loving home.
4: This uh, shortage in the east of England, does does that represent what's happening across the country?
6: Yeah, I mean, at the moment we've got 91,000 children across the UK who are looked after or in the care system, and um, the challenge they face at the moment is that 10% 10% of foster carers usually um, leave the profession and that means there's a shortage of around about 9,000 carers per year so that's a higher number and what we need to do is to recruit more
4: David Cameron has, uh, has been pushing things hasn't he to make it easier for people to adopt. Has that had a knock on effect for fostering as well do you think? It-
6: has and I I think um, it has has had a positive effect um, because what we want to do is to make sure that anybody who comes forward has a positive experience in terms of being assessed and approved and the most important thing that um, members of the public need to hear is that if you do come forward you get excellent training you get excellent support there is a financial package that's provided for you and you become part of a, a really good networking community of experienced foster carers
4: and I would imagine as well, Darren, it's not completely altruistic. I would, 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 I would assume that the foster carers themselves get something out of it as much as the, the young people do.
6: Absolutely. I mean, we've had foster carers that have fostered 20-plus um, children over their career. Um, and also um, some of them have been in the fostering profession for about 20 years. So it is a worthwhile um, profession. Um, it is... Um, very excellent um situation when you're you and your family open the doors up to a child and and see them grow and develop and become somebody who's confident
4: and darren if people listening to this thinking oh do you know what i might be up for this where where do they go where do they go and find out and and find it's for them
6: well, if you go on the website www.actionforchildren.org.uk, um, there's telephone number there you can contact um, some, our professionals who will talk you through the process and ask any questions you want in terms of what it takes to become a carer. Also, we have support groups um, in in the south of England that you can drop in and meet other people in order to talk about the work.
4: Darren, thank you very much for your time. I'm glad we, we finally managed to uh, get you on a decent line because it was definitely a message worth, worth hearing. Darren Johnson from Action for Children. The question this morning is, would you foster a child? It, it, it's something we hear... So every four months or so, I've I've certainly done it a couple of times in the year that I've been here. um, A a various charity or an organisation or a council comes out and says, "We haven't got enough foster carers. We need more foster." You quite often see the adverts on the back of buses. No, not just for me, although I was following my face uh, for about twenty minutes at the weekend. Uh, But for foster carers, would you do it? Do you think you could do it? Have you done it? I know we've got a lot of uh, the foster carers or people who have been fostered listening to this show. I'm uh, keen to hear your stories on this this morning. You can give me a call 08459 455 555. Well, what I thought was interesting, um, what Darren was saying there, is that he was calling it a profession. A profession. That's, I would have used the, the term vocation more or a way of life, but he's going to calling it a profession. Is, is that how you would view it? Did you try it? You had one kid come and live with you and you thought, stuff that, I'm not putting up with that again. A little so-and-so set fire to the spare bedroom. I'm sure that's an extreme example. (laughs) Keen to get your stories. It's something I know very, very little about on a personal level, having never done it, and uh, I I don't know anybody that's been fostered. 08-459-455-555. Let's have your stories about foster care this morning. Right, it's coming up to 6.15 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now with David Harris.
5: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Good morning. Well, roads are looking quite well at the moment. The A414
7: traffic's coping well around the Park Street, roundabout A421. Eastbound's looking good as well around the Total roundabout. On the M25, there's a lane closed due to a broken-down vehicle that's heading clockwise between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and Junction 25 for the A10 at Enfield in the Roadworks area. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. Public transport's running without delays. Your next update is in 15 minutes.
4: Thank you very much. 6.15. It's Monday the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 700 people are needed to look after youngsters across the three counties. A Bedfordshire care home worker has escaped a prison sentence despite being found guilty of neglect. And in sport, the women's world number one, Serena Williams has retained her US Open title. Coming up, a Bedfordshire care home worker has escaped a prison sentence despite being found guilty of neglect. Hear more before BBC
3: Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: If you're at home, sit back because this. It's going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> You're to start
3: that trend. Roberto <laughs> Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening.
5: We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one.
3: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 084. Four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, if we did an album of the week, the, which we don't because it's a rubbish idea, but if we did the album of the week this week, Kelly would be Meet Glen Campbell. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have I dug this out. I have not stopped playing it in my. It's not even a very long album. It's about thirty five minutes long. I have not stopped playing Meet Glen Campbell in my car, just on a loop.
8: What is it like? His greatest hits or something? <laughs> no,
4: that would be Glen Campbell's greatest hits. This is so- called Meet Glen Campbell.
8: So what is it? His
4: first few hits? No, that would be called Glen Campbell's first few hits, or Glen Campbell, indeed, the early years. This is Meat Glen Campbell. So what? What is it? It's his songs about meat. It's not. <laughs> it's uh, from about ten years ago. No, it's not. It's from about six years ago, and it's uh, an album of cover versions that he recorded. It was designed to introduce him to a younger, hipper audience. That's why he's covered Travis.
8: Are you young and hip?
4: Yes, very, very much so, indeed. Now, uh, what I want you to do, there are ten tracks on here. Mm -hmm. Every one of them is just perfect. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. so I want you to pick a track between 1 and 10. You don't know what they are. Yeah. We'll play it, and then we'll get your opinion off on the, the back end, I believe they call it. Five. Okay, I'm glad you didn't pick eight. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, yes, you picked... This is... Okay, right. Hang on a second. Right. What
8: was track eight, by the way? It's
4: called Jesus. Now, track five... <laughs> it's all about Jesus. Track five, this is... Okay, have a listen to this. This is going to change your life. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so introduce it.
8: Uh, this is... Um, track five from Meet Glenn Campbell's album about me.
9: things that I forgot to
4: Glenn Campbell, that was These Days from the album Meet Glen Campbell, uh, as chosen by uh, Kelly Betts. Kelly, what did you think?
8: Yeah,
4: it's right, but, um, dull. No, whoa, what? Dull?
8: What what is that a cover of, anyway? These Days. Is it the one by Foo Fighters? No. Bon Jovi? No. Uh, Powder Finger? No. Is it the one by Alien Ant Farm? No. Hmm. I don't know
4: it. It's uh, by Jackson Brown. I think Nico and the Velvet Underground may have done it. Oh. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. we'll pick another one tomorrow because okay. that was a lot of fun just don't pick track eight
8: Tra- not track eight okay. no because
4: but I, 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 track eight track eight starts like this oh hang on a second let me uh this is this is how track eight starts and it, it, it you know it's, it's a good song but starts like this You're Right. So it's a nice start Yeah. but then here we go Jesus I just think maybe that's not the... Uh... What's
8: that a cover of?
4: Thank you very much indeed, Kelly Betts. Oh eight four five nine 8459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want. <laughs> to give us a call. It's a cracking album. We'll play more songs from that later in the week. I know it's an old record, but Man Alive this weekend it's really uh, done what was needed. Now, on to slightly more serious issues. A Bedfordshire care home worker has escaped a prison sentence despite being found guilty of neglect. Jackie Indoro from Luton was filmed asleep at the Limes in Henlow whilst an elderly man lay helpless on the floor. A judge at Luton Crown Court imposed a four month prison sentence suspended for 12 months. Well, following this story is our reporter Lorna Hankin. Lorna's tell us more. Uh, uh, remind us of the background to this case Lorna.
8: Well during the trial last month Luton Crown Court heard that 86 year old Albert Ritchies who suffered from dementia had been left lying on the ground of the Limes care home in Henlow for an hour after he collapsed now Albert was an elderly frail man and was unable to take care of himself. One night he collapsed on the floor but Jackie Nadoro a level 3 highly qualified care worker failed to help him now the, cur- the court heard how she and a colleague stood around mr richie's as he lay there helpless she didn't check if he was all right was in no rush to bring a nearby wheelchair to his aid instead the pair stood by and had a chat as he cried out for help they then later hoisted him up without the aid of a sling in a disrespectful and hum- um, humiliating manner with no sense of urgency.
4: Oh dear, well, how did this come to light?
8: Well, the care home was starting to have their suspicions about what the workers were up to on the night shift. Kevin um, Wilkinson, the assistant manager of the home, who we'll have on the show later on, had started to notice that some areas of the home weren't as clean as they should have been um, overnight when the overnight staff had gone home. Now, there was a distinct smell of urine and there seemed to be a lack of bedding. So the managers basically decided to install CCTV cameras in the home to monitor what was going on. And it was this footage that showed Albert fall to the floor, groan and cry for help. It was the same footage that then displayed this care worker's approach to him and that of her colleague. They chatted while he laid on the floor and then Miss Nidoro was seen sweeping a broom around him as he laid on the floor. Oh, dear. And... um, After this, um, she then settled herself down on a chair to do some paperwork. She then put her feet on the desk and fell asleep under a blanket between the hours of one and five in the morning instead of carrying out her mandatory checks on the residents. Now, after watch- watching this footage, the assistant manager interviewed her where she told him she'd only been resting her oh, eyes. Yeah,
4: resting her eyes for four hours. Yeah, nice one Mrs yeah. Nadoro.
8: And both women were dismissed for gross misconduct and reported to the police. Miss Naduro's fellow colleague failed to answer bail and is now wanted by police.
4: My mum's in a care home and these, these these things r- really annoy me. These people in these places are vulnerable and are completely dependent mm-hmm. on the care they get. And to have some Muppet like Ms. Nadoro sweeping around him how rude what happened uh, in court on friday
8: well the judge said that the behavior shown on the cctv footage was appalling she said that um the miss nodoro's lack of compassion and concern for this gentleman um was shocking and distressing she added that um albert rich's daughter whose father has since died um since this happened had been left with a lasting image of her father lying on the floor and crying out for help now it was also highlighted that uh, joe wilkinson and her son kevin who managed the limes home in henlow had been badly let down by her and had felt that she'd actually brought down the good name of their care home now the judge said that miss Nadoro was saved a prison sentence because with this case unlike many of its kind recently and there has been quite a few um that there was no physical abuse carried out she was given a sentence of four months imprisonment suspended for 12 months and the conditions were that she carries out a six month supervision order and 150 hours of unpaid work. Within the 12 months she must cooperate accordingly with her probation officer or she will be sent to prison to complete her sentence and it's worth noting she's also been automatically barred from working mm. with vulnerable adults in the future.
4: I don't think that's good enough. That's a lot. Mm. Right. It's not physical abuse, it's mental abuse. Lorna, thank you very much indeed. We'll later uh, on in the show we'll have the assistant manager of the limes care home in henlow in the studio later on in the program who uh certainly when uh, when he got suspicious pulled out all the stops to uh, to see exactly what was going on it's all these things i like just the people in care homes w- whether they're elderly or they are suffering from some physical condition they are there because they are vulnerable and they need assistance and to have some stupid woman just chat with her mate while there's an old fella lying on the floor in agony and then to sweep around him oh that gets me very very I'd have locked her up for for as long as I possibly could have done 08459 oh, four double five five double five is the telephone number. This is uh, Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, well, uh, we've we, we got some lighter bits and pieces coming up in the next half an hour. Don't worry. Including, well, it was the big battle of the TV shows at the weekend. X Factor versus Strictly. Strictly won X Factor nil, but... Which do you prefer, and why? To be honest, I find them both rather tedious. I saw neither, or indeed neither. And also, a survey is out which shows that most people find their partner's feet unattractive. Well, we've sent Justin Dealey out, I know, perhaps not the best person to deal with this, to find out what the people of Beds, Hearts and Butts Bucks think. But there's a Freudian slip if ever there was one, huh? What the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks think? What parts of your partner's body do you find the most sexy? We have young ears listening, so we'll tread as carefully around this as we can. Already I can hear my boss uh, picking up the phone to die. Stop it! Stop him! Don't worry, I, I think I know what the limit is. 08459 455 555 if you want to take part or you can send me a text 81333 Start your text 3CR Well, he's back from holiday Let's uh, no doubt find out what he got up to Mr Adam
5: Glynn Travel news for beds, hearts and
10: bugs
3: BBC Three Counties Radio
10: morning in, yep. I was on holiday, it was very nice, and now I'm back
4: And it sounds like your voice broke, Adam. Ever so
10: slightly. Well done you, congratulations. I'm all grown up now. Good lad, well done, away you go. M25 clockwise, there's a lane closed, a broken down vehicle between Potter's Bar and Enfield, so you come through the roadworks, going toward Enfield on that clockwise side, looking at the cameras, it's slow, but it's not too bad, so it's not worse, really, than the average morning, but nevertheless, it's going to cause a bit of disruption for a while until they get it moved out of the way. If you're heading into London, the A one in Mill Hill is already looking slow southbound from Apex Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. Everything looking pretty good, though, on the rest of the major routes through the three counties. We've got no trouble on the M1 this morning. The A1M is looking fine, and the M40 is a nice clear run past High Wycombe. On the trains, disruption for First Capital Connect from Bedford through to Brighton. This is after an incident around East Croydon. Tickets are being taken on other... uh, services want to get down that far but it means that journeys through East Croydon could be delayed by as much as an hour and as of right now all of the lines are blocked at East Croydon station Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Adam, it's 6.30, let's get the news and sport now with Serena Farrow Across beds, hearts and
4: bugs
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio
1: morning, 700 people are desperately needed to look after youngsters across the three counties. Elsewhere, MPs have heavily criticised plans for the HS2 rail line, which will go through Buckinghamshire. The Commons Public Accounts Committee accuses the government of basing its case on fragile numbers. It seems our a and departments across the three counties are well-staffed. That's despite a national shortage. We'll stay listening as in the next half an hour, Peter Gibson from the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust will be speaking to Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties. And a study says new tests aimed at assessing the fitness of police officers should be abandoned. It's all because they discriminate against women officers in favour of unfit men. That's the news. Now let's turn to all the morning
5: sport. Three Counties Sports.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. Formula One then and Milton Keynes-based Red Bull Sebastian Vettel now has a 53-point lead over Ferrari's Fernando Alonso in the Drivers' Championship. That's after winning the Italian Grand Prix at Monza yesterday. Alonso was second with Vettel's teammate Mark Webber third and Britain's Lewis Hamilton night
11: we should have been much further ahead and so very disappointed with myself now i blew it in qualifying and it was just impossible to catch up and the radio failed in the race so i didn't know what was going on so i missed my pit stop laps quite quite a few laps but just overall disaster a weekend
1: Turning to better news and football locally at the weekend, MK Dons maintained their unbeaten start to the season, drawing against Swindon. Stevenage also picked up a draw against Tranmere. In League 2, Wickham were 2-1 winners at Hartlepool and in the conference, Luton drew with Grimsby. Tonight then, the England under-21s played their second qualifier for Euro 2015 with an away game against Finland. Moving on to cricket, and England lost the second one-day international of the series against Australia by 88 runs. In reply, England were bowled out for 227 in 44.2 overs. England are now 1-0 down in the series with three matches left to play. And Serena Williams is celebrating after winning the US Open for a fifth time. Williams beat Victoria Azarenka in three sets, 7-5, 6-7, 6-1. And so she was made to fight hard though for it.
12: Just getting the win under your belt is awesome. I obviously would have preferred to close it out in straight sets, but going against a great opponent like Victoria, you have to be able to to realise that that can happen and, you know, you have to keep fighting for everything.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at 7. Call
3: 08459
5: 455
3: 555. BBC
4: Three Counties Radio. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. It's in a few of the newspapers, although, uh, yeah, here we go. Look, it's in The the Sun, uh, 12 and 13. Toes ain't sexy, they suck. (laughs) that's clever. Forget playing footsie. Feet have been kicked into touch as a sex zone, according to scientists. Don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll keep this as clean as we can. Uh, In the study examining links between sex and the brain, people rated how sensual their body parts were. Now, I I, I disagree. Men's feet, I think, are hideous. Absolutely hideous. But women's feet, foie, eh? Foie? Unless there's something, re- you know, so if there's got fungus or verrucas, then obviously, no, thank you, I'm not interested in it at all. But most of them, we will go through what are the sexiest and the least sexiest parts of the body in a little bit. Justin Dealy is out and about, and I'm terrified to find out what he's uh, discovered. 08459 four double five five double five. Give us a call. And we'll discuss this. Remember, we do have young ears listening, so let's, let's you know, tread as carefully as we can without me losing my job.
13: Take it by your silence And I'm free to walk out the door
4: from dido sounds like the old one from dido no freedom without
13: love.
4: this is ian lee bbc three counties radio if you want to give us a call this morning oh eight four five nine four double five five double five now the foreign secretary william Hague and the u.s secretary of state john kerry will discuss syria when they hold talks in london this morning their meeting comes as the American administration is trying to persuade members of Congress to vote in favour of military strikes on Syria. Well, in an interview on US TV, the Syrian president Assad has again denied he was behind a chemical weapons attack near Damascus last month. Chris Nynne from the Stop the War Coalition says Mr Kerry isn't welcome.
14: We don't see why John Kerry is coming over here to have discussions with him, with William Hague. I suppose one of our messages is no means no. The British people are overwhelmingly against any attack on Syria. The British Parliament has clearly stated that there should be no British participation in any attack on Syria. And so we fail to see what John Kerry and William Abe have to discuss.
4: Well, I'm joined now by Middle East commentator and former Times journalist, Hazir Tamourian. Good morning, Hazir. Very good morning to you. What do you think is needed to weaken the Assad regime?
15: Well, this is now the stated... uh, um policy of the American government um, I have not heard the European allies to say that 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 is their aim uh, the Europeans including Chancellor Merkel um, of Germany for the first time who has, who has joined the chorus are saying something must be done to tell the world that the use of chemical weapons primarily a weapon of terror t- which produces more refugees than actually kills must not go unpunished and must not become routine But to um, ask that question on behalf of the Americans, I suppose to weaken the state of Syria, to give it an incentive to come to the negotiating table, would mean that um, some of the advanced forces that it has, the tank forces, artillery pieces, that are so effective against uh, the rebels, uh, must be hit. There is no other interpretation one can put on top of it. It's not just going to be empty buildings just to show to the world that something was done. Um, The Americans have decided, apparently, we can't be sure that the hurt must be meaningful this time. Do you think that John Kerry's visit around Europe will drum up support for action? It already has. I think um, the Americans can be very, very pleased Uh, with themselves uh, that uh, first of all France is saying yes we are going to be there with you our air force our missile forces whatever uh, will be there with you and then Chancellor Merkel of Germany Mm. has given her moral support to the Americans Uh, above all also the Arab League um, almost unanimously has come out For the first time in my memory, on the side of Western military action against one of their own members, um, whom they have for the time being expelled from the Arab League, uh, but nevertheless, um, they have not done that. Even in the case of Colonel Gaddafi, who was almost universally hated by the other Arab leaders. They just could not bring themselves to ask the Americans and, um, well, in that case, mainly the British and the French, to take military action. This time they have, apart from Lebanon, which is controlled indirectly by the Iranians and the Syrians anyway, and little Jordan, who feels so vulnerable, she cannot say so.
4: Do you think President Obama can get support for military
15: action from Capitol Hill?
4: Uh, We see...
15: And the administration being very, very nervous. I think um, it can could be surprised by vehement um, disagreement inside Congress. Um, I cannot tell you that. All I can say thats that is the B- a BBC poll jointly... Um, drawn with an American broadcasting company, ABC News, say that the majority says that the majority of those congressmen and senators who have made up their mind, they are still opposed to it. But a large number also are undecided at the moment. So to some extent, um, Mr. Kerry being here with Mr. Hague is good for Mr. Kerry because um, he, he can show to the American people that Britain is not completely out of the picture.
4: Hazir Timurian, uh, Middle East commentator,
5: thank you very much indeed.
3: Call 08459 455 555.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah! we have a quick look at the newspapers? We're trying to get hold of Justin Dealey,
4: but uh, it would appear on his first day back, he has gone AWOL, absent without. Naughty, naughty Dealey. If anyone's a friend I, I suggest you befriend Justin Dealey on Facebook He'll, he'll have any old sucker I said sucker uh, Because he has posted the most inappropriate picture last week It's him ne- Imagine a nude Justin Dealey Holding At least I hope he's holding uh, A fluffy poodle I know it's its terrifying Absolutely terrifying What on earth is that picture all about Dealey?
16: Put
4: me on phone, can Let's just
17: careful there. Deeley! What? What's he doing? Hello, oh, J- Ian, you right? right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. What, are you all right? Hello? What the earth is going on? What do you mean, what's going on? The, I, I, you've thrown me on air at short notice again. I've ha- come back. Yes, you're on. No, you're not. Yes, you are. No, no you no, not. Hang on a second. It's your job is to
4: be on standby for when your master <sighs> calls. Well, three uh, times in 20 minutes, for goodness sake. I am your... Ma- what is... Listen, we'll, we'll do the body parts a bit later on. We haven't got time now mm. because you've been messing around so much. But but on the subject of body parts... Yeah. What is this picture of you on Facebook, nude, holding a little fluffy poodle?
17: Well, it was just hot last week, so I thought that I would, uh, you know, um, take my top off and go in the back garden and and chill out with Bailey the, uh, (laughs) the Bichon Poo. (laughs) <laughs> At what point did you think,
4: me and Bailey are getting on so well here. Mm-hmm. Let Bailey, should we take a, a selfie of ourselves
17: and then post it on Facebook like the deviants we are? Listen, I've said this a few times in the last week or so. Dogs these days, they are getting more arrogant than ever before. They love these selfies. They love selfie photographs more than treats these days. Fact. And where, what are you basing this fact on? Um, I, I'm basing this fact on, well, since last week, I've seen a bit of a craze on social media for people taking photographs of themselves and their dogs uh, selfie style.
4: But most of those people, are, they, they've got clothes on, haven't they? Um, That's the difference. Have. Some of them haven't. Yeah. You know, it depends. Very,
17: very, very disturbing. Did you have a nice week off? It, it was lovely, thank you. Lovely. Where, where did you go? Uh, mainly the back garden. Uh, went to Bournemouth for a day or so, and I've come oh, back dear. today. I'm out the front of the building now. It's raining. It's freezing cold. I don't want to be negative on a Monday but uh, winter is coming. You came in, it's, it's only just autumn, <laughs> you came in with a scarf! I know, yesterday night, I went, seriously, I was going through my jumper drawer last night, it was dreadful, but I just couldn't put the heating on, I thought, no, I cannot put the heating on. Two days ago, I was sitting on a beach, it was 29, 30 degrees, and here I am, absolutely freezing, I just can't put the heating on, just can't do it. Well, if you can't put the heating on, could you put the kettle on? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've got tea bags here, I'll see you in a second, that's Justin
4: Daly, 08459 4555. So much was revealed, from that conversation, it's so much that you know there there is literally a month's worth of phone-ins from what we just discovered about Justin Daly One, he takes new pictures of himself with a dog. Two, he's wearing a scarf today. Three, he's got a jumper drawer. He has a drawer specifically for jumpers. It's ter- a terrifying insight into a, a lonely man's mind, isn't it? Really, we'll be talking about body parts a little bit later on. Uh, what parts of your partner's body do you find the most erotic? Oh, eight four five nine, <laughs> four double five five double five.
5: Let's get the travel, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards
10: and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Disruption for First Capital Connect this morning as you make your way down toward Brighton. It's because of an incident at East Croydon. The slow lines are still blocked there. The fast lines are up and running once again, but you could still encounter a delay. And there's also trouble for First Capital Connect. Moorgate to Finsbury Park. They had some electrical supply problems at Moorgate a little bit earlier this morning. The Tube will take your tickets if you are heading into London that way. The line is open once again, but some trains are being diverted into King's Cross, or could be starting and terminating at Finsbury Park. Southbound M1, looking slow on the cameras from Junction 10 as you go past the Luton Airport Spur toward 9 at Redbourne. Clockwise M25 looking better because the broken down vehicle's now gone between Potters Bar and Enfield. Anti-clockwise though, pretty slow from all the way back at the M11 through in toward Potters Bar and into the roadworks and then heavy from St Albans round to Watford. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you very much, Adam. it's Monday the 9th of September I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio MPs are criticising plans for the HS2 rail line through Buckinghamshire claiming there's a better way of spending £50 billion There's a shortage of 700 people who are needed to foster children across the three counties. And in sport, Milton Keynes-based Red Bull have extended their lead at the top of the World Championship after Sebastian Vettel came first at the Italian Grand Prix yesterday. Coming up, we'll be finding out about A&E in the local area. 08459
5: 455 555. Before that, here's Kate Kinsella.
3: Beds,
11: hearts and bucks weather.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Thank you and good morning. Well, I'm afraid it's a bit of an autumnal feel to today. Some of us have already noticed the rather heavy and persistent rain moving across parts of Buckinghamshire and Bedfordshire and even parts of Hampshire as well at the moment. Um, now, this heavy, persistent rain will last for a time. Eventually this afternoon, it will break up a little bit and turn more showery as we head through the afternoon. Now, the temperature outside at the moment, hovering into double figures around nine or ten Celsius. So it's certainly a chillier start to the new working week than we used to. Um, Throughout this evening and overnight, we'll well actually later on this afternoon I'll start with, we're looking at a maximum temperature later of around 18, maybe even 19 Celsius for some. That's 66 degrees in Fahrenheit, so not too bad, but certainly not in the 20s. And in the cloud and the rain, it won't feel very warm at all. Now overnight the showers continue for a time, eventually they will move away eastwards, leaving it dry with some clear spells. The breeze picks up, it's quite a chilly breeze as well, and northerly, and the minimum temperature down into single figures, That's 8 celsius 46 degrees in fahrenheit so a brighter start tomorrow but the cloud will thicken we've got an area of low pressure towards the east of the country which is dragging in some stronger winds throughout the course of tomorrow but it looks like we'll get some maybe brighter spells tomorrow afternoon and the temperature likely to rise to around 19 or 20 celsius and that's your forecast thank you very much Every weekday morning from
3: 9, the JVS Show. You just can't carry on with life. It, I mean, it's just awful. With the biggest opinions.
18: It's about time somebody or an organisation has stood
5: up and it's not the coffee. Well, yeah, it depends on the individual, actually. Let's pollute the planet even more. We should pollute it so much your Pinot Gris show goes rotten.
3: And the biggest local talking
5: points. What we really need to do is for everyone in, in the country to reduce their energy consumption, not increase it.
3: The JVS Show, weekdays from 9. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: A survey of NHS A&E departments in England reveals average staff shortages of 10%. A five-live investigation shows that most of our hospitals uh, to be closer to the uh, most of our hospitals be close to the average with a 14% shortfall at the Luton and Dunstable, 13% at Milton Keynes, 11% for Buckinghamshire and 10% in Bedford. Well West Hearts is below the average at 8%, but the best figures are for the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust, which must be fully staffed as it's registered at 0%. Or well, Peter Gibson is from the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Not percent. It would seem that uh, East and North Hertfordshire NH- Trust, NHS Trust is bucking the national trend.
18: I I think we might be, but I'm not sure that figure that the BBC has used is actually correct. I know we do have vacancies, but we're in the process of filling them, so I'm not quite sure um, where that figure came from. Um, But we certainly certainly are doing better, I think, than, than many.
4: Why is it tough for hospitals to staff accident and emergency, and how can staff shortages be overcome?
18: Well pretty tough environment in which to work. Uh, if you think of it, you work in a ward, you're probably dealing with 28, 30 patients, maybe some come, some go, and you pretty much know what's going to be happening broadly. A&E, you've no idea, one minute from the next, it's long hours, uh, it can be quite challenging. Um, and it perhaps doesn't have the, if you like, the, the sexiness of, of some of the specialties in medicine these days. So I think it's about making it as an attractive proposition as possible for the staff. Um, and that's what we're doing, of course. We're in the process halfway through building our new emergency department at the list. So we've got a year to go. It's not finished. But that, we think, will make a big, big difference as some people will want to come to work.
4: I imagine that the, the, something that adds pressure to the A&E department is people going there when they don't need to.
18: Well, I I know at the weekend there was a lot of coverage in the media on this. The NHS Confederation put out a report, and there have been lots of reports that suggest that some people are confused about where to go, particularly at weekends and in the evenings. They're not sure what they should do with those more minor complaints. They're pressing, but they're not life-threatening. And and unfortunately, a lot of the time they end up at A&E when perhaps they could be seen elsewhere.
4: Have you noticed a change in, in the number of people going to A&E since the introduction of the 111 service? Because that's been one of the criticisms of that, hasn't it?
18: Yeah, it has, and I think it's an easy thing to blame. Uh, in fact, I think NHS 111 in, uh, in Hertfordshire has been working relatively well. Um, we haven't seen a massive influx, for instance, of, of people with those sorts of injuries. What we're seeing is, a, is an increase overall, uh, and particularly of the very, very acute unwell, and, and typically the elderly people who have lots of other Conditions, not just whatever they came into A and E with, and because of that, maybe it's more about the services that are available to them out there in the community and what they can access when things do go wrong.
4: Well, Peter, it would appear you're doing something right. So keep up the good work, Peter Gibson from the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. Do it. How do you do it, dear listener? We're talking about uh, erotic parts of the body because feet are the least sexy part of the body, according to a new survey. They were the lowest ranked of all 41 body parts in terms of sexual attractiveness. They they ranked worse than kneecaps. How could anybody find kneecaps? erotic well every part of our reporter justin did is attractive he joins me now good morning justin you don't like a kneecap
17: <laughs> i don't know why, why don't you like a kneecap oh, They're
4: lovely no a kneecap is the, the back of the knees oh yes. yeah yeah very very <laughs> sensual the, the, bearing in mind, we, have, we have we have young ears listening mm. justin so let's yep. keep this clean but let's have uh, let's have your top mm, your top two body parts
17: uh, top two body parts would be the uh, the back of the knees actually that's one and the second one would be the neck very, very uh, sensual parts of the body. I like the top of the back. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why? That's funny. Hairy like, or not? Sorry,
4: a bit of hair there. I shut up. I like, although my my back is getting very hairy. Oh, lovely! Very hairy. When your barber, when your hairdresser says, "Do you want me to shave uh, the, the the top of your back?" You know you're in trouble. <laughs> I like a, I like a nice back. Yeah. I also I also like a slightly wonky eye. Really? Yeah, I do. I, fi- I do. You find I- that quite
17: endearing, do you?
4: I find a slightly wonky eye <laughs> yeah. or a big Barbara Streisand nose. Fantastic. Not both. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. that really, you know, just one. But just one of those things. I think is
17: absolutely wonderful. What an insight into your life this morning. I'm slightly scared now.
4: You've been out talking
17: to uh, people this morning, Justin. What have they had to say? Yeah, I've been off for a week and I've come back and you've said, Justin, go out in the pouring rain and ask people what their favourite body part is. But, uh, Ian, I've done it for you. We've got some uh, interesting answers, especially Philip at the end, who just can't control himself. Take a quick listen to this. Oh, dear. Oh, legs, I think. Why the legs? Uh, My eyes have always daunted, to them, to be honest, yeah. What, long legs, short legs? Uh, Nice muscular legs tanned legs, toned legs. Muscular tan legs on a lady. You're into bodybuilders then? Well, I used to be. I do a lot of working out myself. Amy, good morning. What's your favourite body part, Amy? Bum. This could get quite rude. Why the bum? I've always been a bum person. The eyes. The eyes?
10: The eyes, yeah.
17: Yeah, You're a clean lady, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sir, do you like men? Do you like women? Or maybe a bit of both? What's your favourite body part? The breasts. I think we can just about get away with that one. Um, Feet have been named as as a major turn-off. Would you go along with that? Yes, I would. What's wrong with feet? They're smelly. (laughs) Sylvia, how are you today? Good weekend? Yes, thanks. Lovely stuff. Sylvia, this is a genuine question, okay? Ian Lee wants to know this morning, what's your favourite body part? My what? Your favourite body part. On a man, maybe. On a man? Do you like men? Well, yeah. I'm not... (laughs) What's your favourite body part on a man? Um. I presume the legs. The legs? Yeah. What about my chest, though? Look at that. Oh, and uh, feet have been named as a major turn-off. What is it about feet that you don't like, Sylvia? I don't like feet at all. Oh, why I not? Think they're ugly. Can I show you my feet? No, no, oh, please? No. my mine are quite attractive, actually. I've got to run because I'm late for work. OK, listen, have a great day. Thank you. All right, you. thank you. Bye. Philip, what's your favourite body part on a lady? Uh, oh, Oh, oh. Okay, thank you. There we go. You see, wow. I, th- I, I think we may have
4: just nudged up to the line, mm. and maybe put our noses over it. Ever Feet are that th- they are pretty. I, I, I don't. If a lady's got nice feet, then yeah, I'm, I'm quite drawn to them. But um, yeah. th- th- they're not the, the sexiest part of the body at all, are they? No, a long you see,
17: way. my feet are actually quite attractive because they've got mm. character. Uh, they're slightly <laughs> different, because uh, my second toe is actually longer oh. than my big toe. That means you... Uh, that, that's, that's quite unusual. That's Well, my mum's got that. Is she? Yeah, it means you're uh, Neanderthal. Oh. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Oh, right. Yeah.
4: Uh, Justin, where are you off to now, and what are you up to?
17: Uh, going to be talking to people this morning about Strictly versus The X Factor. Oh. I haven't seen either of them yet, but uh, Strictly is winning the battle uh, with the racing, so we're going to be asking people which TV programme do they prefer, Strictly or The X Factor?
4: And my cup of tea is coming when? Uh, next week. Thank you very much, Justin always a pleasure to uh, be cutting him off and moving on to something different. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455555. Let's get the travel news now. Bless you, with Adam Glynn.
10: Travel
5: news for beds, hearts and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Still looking busy on the cameras on the M1 southbound. It's slow moving traffic from junction 10 past the Luton Airport Spur toward 9 at Redbourne, the A5. A1M is slowing up now southbound from junction 8 as you go past Hitchin towards 7 at Stevenage and the A602. Into London, there's still a fair bit of traffic on the A1, Apex Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. Clockwise, M25 slow Potters Bar to Enfield through the works. This is where we had the broken down vehicle a bit earlier. And although that breakdown is gone, it's still quite slow anti-clockwise of course heavy into the roadworks as well as it does tend to be and it's quite heavy from st albans to watford too first capital connect back to normal now moorgate to finsbury park after electrical supply problems at moorgate but you have the disruption at east croydon with the fast lines still blocked adam Glynn bbc three counties radio
4: thank you very much adam strictly versus x factor which one in your household we'll find it after
5: the news with serena farrow
1: It's 7 o'clock, I'm Serena Farrow. The headlines, MPs slate HS2 through the Chilterns, staff shortages at A&D across three counties and discrimination in police forces. BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs are criticising plans for the HS2 rail line through Buckinghamshire, claiming there's a better way of spending £50 billion. A highly critical report by the Public Accounts Committee says the Department for Transport is yet to demonstrate that this is the best way to spend money on rail investment. The chair of the committee, Margaret Hodge, says there are more worthwhile schemes. Even under the government's plans,
3: the first spade won't go into the soil until about 2019. That's too far down the line and there are plenty of off-the-shelf, very sensible investment projects, including rail projects, which could get the economy going now, get the jobs now and get the growth now.
1: Next, and it seems our a and D departments across the three counties are well-staffed, that's despite a national shortage. Peter Gibson from the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust says there are still vacancies locally. He says they're constantly looking to fill positions as it's a tough environment in which to work.
18: You work in a ward, you're probably dealing with 28, 30 patients, maybe some come, some go, and you pretty much know what's going to be happening broadly A&E, you've no idea one minute from the next, it's long hours, Uh, it can be quite challenging. Um, It perhaps doesn't have the, if you like, the the sexiness of, of some of the specialties in medicine these days.
1: A leading occupational health expert says police fitness tests due to start later this month should be scraps or because they discriminate against women officers in favour of unfit men. The tests were recommended in a government commission review last year after more than half of male metropolitan police officers were found to be overweight. Now, administration and paperwork is preventing parents from fostering children and there's a shortage. 700 more people are needed in this area alone. Darren Johnson from the charity Action for Children says fostering starts with those five and
6: upwards. From about 11 to 15, so they come in different ages. The most important thing is that they have come from um, difficult backgrounds, but also we are aspirational for those children. And what we find with our foster carers is that they really want to make sure that they get great outcomes from being part of their family.
1: And stay listening as there'll be more on this story with Ian Lee here on BBC Three Counties Radio straight after this bulletin. Sport then, and in Formula One, Milton Keynes-based Red Bull Sebastian Vettel extended his lead at the top of the World Championship. It's after winning the Italian Grand Prix, his sixth victory of the season. He's now 53 points clear of Ferrari's Fernando Alonso. Weather then, it is overcast. We're going to see some outbreaks of rain. or oh, we have seen them in many parts. Temperatures reaching 19 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk three counties
4: Thank you Serena oh, it's, It has been raining, it was raining on the way in and do you know what, I love it I love it Dark in the mornings, dark in the nights cold and wet in the day <laughs> It's Britain, that's what we want You don't want sunshine. You don't know what to do with yourselves in the sunshine. You want it to be cold and grey, and then you can have a little moan. That's what we like to do. Lots coming up between now and eight o'clock, including a national charity believes there is a shortage of foster children in the east of England. Action for Children says this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. Well, would you be a foster carer? (laughs) The survey has revealed that most people don't like their partner's feet. Today, we send Justin Dealey out to find out what parts of the body the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks find most attractive. And Strictly or X-Factor, the battle of the big TV shows, but which one won in your house? X-Factor was getting terrible reviews on Twitter, if indeed you could call those reviews. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR, or the best way to get in touch, give me a call, 08459
5: 45555.
4: Across beds, hearts and
5: bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a shortage of foster carers in the east of England. That's
4: according to the charity Action for Children. They say that this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. Uh, Recently, it's become more difficult to become a foster parent because of the amount of administration and paperwork involved. Well, Sheila is from High Wycombe, has been fostering for about 12 years. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. What made you want to become a foster carer?
19: Well, I've worked in education all my life, and when I retired, um, I just always had the idea that I would go in for foster caring because I have, obviously, skills and expertise with children, and I wanted to continue my... um, uh, my uh, sort of um, involvement with children.
4: What, what skills are required for somebody who wants to become a foster carer?
19: I think patience, um, ability to listen. If you're working with younger ones especially, I think you have to have lots of um, energy um, and interest in all things around you. Um, lots of skills, really. Just uh, the normal skills that you would have if you had children of your own, I think.
4: And Sheila, you've been doing this for about 12 years. How many yes. kids have you looked after?
19: I would think about 50. Some for wow. um, two or three days, some for much longer.
4: And what ages are we talking about?
19: I have mainly fostered teenagers. Um, anything from about 10 upwards. Yeah. But I have taken um, little children just for um, a short period over the weekend when there was a
4: crisis. <sighs> Is there not a sadness, Sheila? I've often thought this about foster caring. If you have someone live with you for, I don't know, a couple of months or something, I don't know if it goes that long, but is there not a sadness when they move on to somewhere else?
19: Well, obviously you become attached to children um, because you wouldn't be a good foster carer if you didn't. But when they move on somewhere else, you're preparing them for that and you are preparing yourself for that and you know that that's going to be the best um, outcome for them. And a lot of children you still keep in touch with They may give you a card or you may send a card. And you know that however little you have done something um, to improve that child's life, chances.
4: What are some of the challenges you've encountered?
19: Oh, there's lots of um, challenges, but there's lots of challenges in life. Um, You get children who have um, had bad experiences and are very angry. Um, and you have to deal with that anger. Nothing that um, I haven't been able to deal with. Um, the other challenges are the time. there You always have lots of appointments um, here, there and everywhere. But at least it's always, always interesting.
4: And is there much support for foster carers? There's
19: a, fo- um, a lot of support. There's a lot of training. Um, there um, is a lot of support. Each person who has a foster child will be allocated their own social worker, but then the children have their social worker as well. And you have meetings once a month so that you can go through any concerns that you might have. And obviously they want to make sure that you're doing the best job you can.
4: The big shortage of foster carers, it it, it seems to have been that way for quite a long time. Does that surprise you? Um,
19: Yes, but I think possibly that um, not everybody is aware about... Um, how rewarding fostering can be, um, and perhaps they don't think about it, perhaps they think about the process of becoming a foster carer, which can be quite intrusive, but also can be very therapeutic.
4: Well, you you mentioned the rewards there, what have you personally got out of it?
19: Out of fostering? Yeah. Um, I suppose it gives me something to do, a reason to get up in the morning, Um, I have had lots of children, lots of interest. I go out and pursue their interests. I also um, involve them in my interests so that um, it really makes me motivated to go out and do things that possibly I may not have done. Also, um, Obviously, my children are grown up and have families of their own and I have grandchildren and they've always really enjoyed me having um, foster children and the foster children, vice versa, have enjoyed contact with my grandchildren.
4: Now listen, we're all um, uh, uh, human beings and sometimes we don't get on with human beings. Have you ever had someone come and stay with you that you didn't like?
19: No, I've never had anybody I didn't like. Um, I have now and again had clash of personalities but only for a short while and you've got to really look at all the information you have about the child, look in the backgrounds, understand where they're coming from and that usually helps.
4: And is there lots of paperwork and administration involved? Because I'd imagine that some people that that would put some people off. Uh,
19: there is paperwork and there is administration and quite rightly because obviously we're looking after other um, people's children and it's a terrific responsibility and who um, the department obviously has to um, make sure that you're doing the best job that you possibly can. But if you get into a routine it is not a burden and also it's also I suppose um, a way of covering your back. So that if there was anything down the line where somebody wanted to find out about an incident or something that had happened, you've always got paperwork to back, your, back you up.
4: So, Sheila, what would your message be to anybody out there who's, who's kind of thinking that may, they might be interested in fostering, but they're not sure?
19: Well, I think they ought to um, ring up, find out about it, and, and really go for it. There's, there's excellent training. Um, and the training not only um, continues from when you first come into fostering when you do the choosing to foster program which i'm involved in um, but also there's ongoing training all your way through your fostering career and a lot of the skills that you get and a lot of the qualifications you can get are transferable so it may be a time in your life when you can do um, fostering but you maybe can't go into another job but the training that you will get from fostering will then be useful for other areas
4: Sheila, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Sheila Doig, a foster carer from High Wycombe. Uh, keen to get your stories on this, whether you've, you've done it or you've been fostered. 08459 455555. Email.
3: 3cr at bbc.co.uk.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a look at the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? Look, there's a picture of this lady. Well, Who's that? Uh, Big-bosomed lady with a baby. Kate Winslet! It's Kate Winslet. Um, uh, she's in a film, and she's having a baby. Good for her. Well done. Good for her. That's the front page of the Daily Telegraph. Uh, we've saved the economy, says Osborne. Oh! Oh! Stop the clock! The economy's been saved. Fastest growth since 90s shows UK is turning the, co- the corner, and the austerity argument is won. Some people say aus- I say austerity. Some people say austerity. The economy is turning the corner, George Osborne will declare today, as he claims a decisive victory over Labour on public spending policy. The Chancellor will issue a message of optimism optimism in a speech that marks a shift in coalition rhetoric on the economy. Here we go. Brit, see if you agree with this, dear listener. Britain is experiencing the fastest growth since the 1990s, he will say, while arguing that criticism of the coalition's austerity programme by Ed Balls, you would change your name, wouldn't you? What's your name? Balls? The shadow chance has been proven entirely wrong. Well, have you noticed that uh, the, the, we're experiencing the fastest growth since the 90s? Have you spotted that? I'm not sure I have. Everything's getting more expensive and we've all got a little bit less money.
17: Uh, really, the fastest growth?
4: The Independent. Um, boost for Miliband as union members back his reforms. New poll shows ordinary workers want Labour lead to go further. Um, the Times. Miliband is told to... Oh, hang on a sec. Uh, Miliband is told to take control or face defeat. Ha- hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's just go back to The Independent. Boost for Miliband as union members back his reforms. The Times. Miliband is told to take control or face defeat. Huh? Um, BBC Chiefs set for showdown before MEPs and there's a picture of David Beckham holding a child. Front page. The Guardian, there's a picture of David Beckham holding a child. Miliband vows to get tough on zero-hours jobs. Labour's crackdown comes as UK languishes near the bottom of the pay league. And Murdoch Press groomed my wife, says Hewn. Former cabinet member Chris Hume has attacked the Murdoch Press and its role in the speed point swap scandal, which had monstrous consequences for himself, his ex-wife, and their family. No, 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 Chris. No. No. Stop it, Chris. Don't blame the Murdoch Press. Blame you and your wife for breaking the law. That's what happened. You're just upset, you got found out. You broke the law. You went to prison. Tough. Deal with it. Writing in The Guardian, the former Liberal Democrat MP claims that the Sunday Times, which broke the story, groomed his ex-wife Vicky Price to divulge details of how she'd taken three penalty points for him a decade ago. Well, there's the thing. She took three penalty points for him. It was your fault. Yes, however murky and dark and devious the Murdoch press may possibly be, you, an MEP at the time, broke the law. What was a Brian Walden impression? Hands up here who's old enough to remember Brian Walden? Just me. I put it to you, sir, that you, bro- you broke the law. That's not a bad Brian Walden. Huh? That's target audience. That's your ta- Forget your, your BBC introducing and all of that nonsense. Me doing Brian Walden impressions is target audience. I put it to you, sir, that you broke the law. We'll do the Daily Mail, the Express and the Sun in a little bit, but I do want to get on to um, Prince Andrew being held at gunpoint in Buckingham Palace. Really? Oh, there's an image, isn't it? Is it? 715 08459 five nine four Let's get the latest travel news now
5: with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards,
10: and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Still some problems, I'm afraid, for First Capital Connect. Train services disruption as you make your way down toward London and onwards toward Brighton. It was after an incident at East Croydon earlier this morning. Tickets still being taken on other train providers, and it's the slow lines that are blocked at East Croydon Station, meaning services are severely disrupted in that area. Taking a look at the roads then, M1 southbound, slow moving from Junction 11 at the A505 down toward 9 at Redbourne. It's also busy London-bound, with queues after an accident earlier between Redbourne and Hemel Hempstead junctions 9 and 7. Lane 4 was closed off until about 5 minutes ago. Clockwise M25, two lanes are now closed. This is an accident between Potters Bar and Enfield through the roadworks. Anti clockwise queuing from back at the M11 through toward Enfield into the works. Also slow from St Albans to Watford and from Maple Cross to the M40 and several patches of delays on the A1 this morning. South Pound busy as you come toward St Neots Junction. From there toward the Black Cat Roundabout is queuing and there's also a big delay as you go along the A1M. It's looking busy from Junction 8 at Hitchin towards 7 at Stevenage. Then into London queues from the Holiday Inn Junction to Mill Hill Circus. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam.
4: It's coming up to 7.17. It's Monday the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs say there are more worthwhile schemes to spend £50 billion on instead of the HS2 rail line through Buckinghamshire. It seems our A&E departments across the three counties are well-staffed, despite a national shortage. And in sport, Serena Williams has won the US Open Tennis for a fifth time, beating Victoria Azarenka. Coming up, incredible story. A Bedfordshire care home worker has escaped a prison sentence despite being found guilty of neglect. We'll get the details on that
3: after this. BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... We're talking antics and collectibles. It doesn't have to be old things.
19: These
1: anxieties that you have, when you get rid of this first one, you'll find that all these other things that you're talking about can fall into place.
7: Nick Coffer. We've had some great music today. The Beatles, ABBA, Smokey Robinson, Adele Pink Floyd. Nick
5: Coffer. I am wearing bright purple jeans. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: This is Ian Lee. If you want to give us a call this morning, you can oh eight four five nine four double five five double five on two oh. An incredible story, I think. A Bedfordshire care home worker has escaped a prison sentence despite being found guilty of neglect. Jackie and Doro from Luton was filmed asleep at the Limes in Henlow whilst an elderly man lay helpless on the floor case came to light because the care home had suspicions and set up CCTV cameras to check what was happening overnight at the home. Well, I'm joined now by Colette McKeaveney from Age Concern Luton. Thank you very much for coming in. This is an incredible case, isn't it, Colette? It's
20: it's absolutely harrowing, isn't it? I don't think anybody can listen to this case and not feel um, completely moved by it. Everybody would put themselves in the position of the family of that elderly man
4: i'm just gonna move your mic up. this is like oh. the story no, that's what we want to hear you properly look, look <laughs> thank no, you hover there better thank you i mean basically what what happened this poor old gentleman fell on the floor was yeah. left there for for an hour or something like that yeah
20: yeah and absolutely while,
4: dreadful this woman chatted with her mate and swept around him at one point i mean it seems extraordinary isn't it? i mean you can't imagine
20: how that could actually happen in a care home i think i think actually whenever We heard this one and also the um, case that's come to light in the last day as well. Mm. I think most people um, would just say, how does that happen? In the same way that we say, how does it happen when you hear about, you know, parents hitting their children or, Mm. you know, sort of neglecting or not feeding them. I mean, what does it take to make a human being react that way when another human being is suffering
4: it's just a basic lack of compassion my mum's in a care home because she's got ms she's only 62 she'll be 63 next month she won't be saying that Uh, so i kind of take these stories very personally Uh, and i think we all there is there is a strong chance if we don't all know somebody who's in a care home yeah there's a chance that we will at some point in our lives we could even be there ourselves
20: yeah absolutely and nobody knows what's going to happen you know a friend of mine had a rugby accident and he's in a care home at age 45 Mm. you know dependent on other people for basic stuff so stuff can happen to anybody we could any of us be in that position i think also um any of us could work in that area we were just talking uh, before i came in about the you know job market and Mm. you know doing a job you love and you know i have lots of theories about why these things happen and one of the things i think is that there are some people that are just not suited to care work they don't have the basic emotional makeup to want to do that kind of work they don't actually have the basic um, expression of compassion to Mm. do this in a meaningful way year in year out
4: Mm. Uh, we've heard a lot more of these cases recently Uh, Is it on the increase or are we just becoming better at noticing and reporting them, do you think?
20: Well, I really hope it's the latter. Mm. I mean, you know, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Um, We don't know the scale or the difficulty of, of, um, you know, understaffing or problems that might be in most of the homes other than the inspections which happen. Um, And, of course, that's after the event, isn't it? You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I like to think, I like to hope that it's not that it's more common. It's that we're becoming better at recognising and better it's, you know, putting our foot down and saying, actually, we're not standing for this. Mm. I mean, you know, one of the key things in this is that the uh, care homeowner became suspicious. And he was the person, yep. of course, who alerted it. And, you know, all credit to them. Um, however, you know, again, you would hope that, you know, vetted, trained mm. staff who, are, who, you know, you've sat there and interviewed and thought this person is a good person to work in my home would, would be able to care properly you could,
4: but, but you know if you're if you're a good enough liar you could convince somebody the thing about yeah. this 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 uh, lady Ms. nadoro she was a level three uh qualified care Absolutely. worker what does that mean exactly well
20: in essence it means that she's had some um basic training and care i mean i don't think it's a training issue either i mean you know we've seen cases in the past where you've had nurses or doctors who've done abusive things yeah i think it's something in the psychological Do you makeup. see an
4: old man on the floor that Wouldn't can't you, get up you do something that's not Absolutely. training is it that's common that's sense common
20: sense and compassion that it isn't about training mm. and again you know you could say well actually we didn't pick him up because there was a whole um it, as in this other case a whole uh procedure around how this is done you know i mean you know in the past i'm you know sort of i've, I've known care workers to lie down on the floor face to face with the person yeah. and actually just you know stroke the hair until the evidence yeah. has got there of course you know, whatever it does to make them feel safe and, and also, in these care
4: homes, like, you're not, no one's allowed to lift someone up m- manually. They have hoists and machines yeah, and, it, and, 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 and things yeah, like that. Yeah,
20: and I mean, often that's because the person's quite frail and yeah. you could cause them injury, yeah. you know, moving them, dislocate a bone or something. So that's not about neglecting itself, but it's what you do when a yeah. person's fallen. Certainly, you know, nobody could say it's compassionate to mm. sweep around someone. And, you know, my heart goes out to that poor daughter. Yeah. You know, for that to be the last... You know enduring image seeing Mm. those images in court
4: Mm. gets me angry this she's she's not gone to prison do you think she should have done well again
20: what does it serve does it serve justice or not does it stop it happening again i mean It's an individual case, and I suppose where I'm standing on it is I feel like most people, you know, if you do something really awful, you should be punished severely Mm. with the full extent of the law. Um, I'm guessing, and I suppose we have to trust that justice has been served by this sentence. We don't Mm. know all the details of the case. But what I can say is if it's supposed to provide deterrent or things like that um we could question whether that would be the appropriate way forward I
4: do, I, I, our old people and our ill people and our kids that, that's you know we Absolutely. should we should be looking after Absolutely. Them, the vulnerable yeah do, w- what can be done to stop this thing happening in the future is there anything do you know what this is this is a question we were asking
20: before i came in and i think this there are things that can be done and i guess it's about having an honest reflection and why these things happen, stripping it down to what the core elements are. And I think you've hit the first one, which is about compassion. Mm. So I think about developing compassionate practice. If we're looking at Staffordshire, if we're looking at, you know, hospitals where there's been neglect or we know there's been poor standards or whether it's care homes or whether it's children's services or whatever it might be, you know, we can see those core elements. And one of those core elements is the way that human beings deal with other human beings. So there's clearly something here about our values and our behaviours, about seeing ourselves as... Um, there to help people you know is it selflessness is it a little bit of the concept of duty you know there's clearly something that's missing here um, that we are not able to address in training because it's about human relations and values
4: how well regulated are these care homes in terms of who they employ
20: I mean there is a lot of regulation around care homes. I mean I, if I'm honest, I'm less worried about care homes in many ways than I am about care in the community. Care in the community is often, you know, sort of just a few minutes, I mean I've said about this before in the show, it's a few minutes in the morning, it's a few minutes at lunchtime. it's a few minutes at tea time and then we put the person to bed at night. Mm. So possibly, you know, they've maybe had a maximum of two hours care when they're as frail as some of the people in care homes. Mm. And, you know, that in itself scares me, that worries me. You know, it's one-to-one care delivered where people are very alone and vulnerable and yeah you know there's a whole um, safeguarding process that exists which you know is open to debate whether that actually you know safeguards people or whether that just punishes after the event.
4: Uh, now, uh, you know, we, we will be speaking to the manager of the, the, yeah. uh, the, the line. And all credit to them Exactly, they, the gentleman yeah. suspected there was something wrong He got CCTV camera yeah. footage, he got the evidence and, and he was able to confront the person But if you have got a relative or a friend who's in a care home And you think that maybe there's something not quite right Who, who should you go to?
20: I mean, I would always go to the manager in the first instance But there's also social services There's an adult safeguarding um, team in Luton And it varies across the three counties quite how they work this out But generally speaking, if you've got concerns, speak to your local age concern or age UK, talk to social services, they will guide you through it. And, you know, often um, people sort of aren't sure. They say, well, is there anything I can put my finger on? Mm. You know, Um, and this is the same in child protection. We hear constantly hear about neighbours who say, well, he did seem to cry a lot, you know, but but we, we thought he's just a crying baby, you know. Often you don't feel confident to sort of, you know, trigger a whole thing or you're worried about, you know, making false accusations and that's right and proper. But if you do feel, if you are if you are worried about the practice in any care organization, you know, in the first instance speak to the managers. They have a duty of care to that person. Mm. Um, and, you know, certainly, you know, you need to raise it also uh, with, with uh, you know, a, a body who can guide you. And
4: if they're unsure, they could get in touch with age concern absolutely. and say, I've got a few doubts. Well, yeah, absolutely. What, what can I do? I
20: mean, we get people ringing up and saying, is this normal? You mm. know, you know, is this a normal practice? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, this this practice of, you know, not picking people up straight away. or You know, we've had people in the past ring up and say, is this is this." right or is this neglect or mm. you know um, you know, in the care home where my dad sat you know sort of um, I noticed the lady across the way seemed distressed and no one came near her is that neglect? Mm. So sometimes people want almost to understand what is acceptable and what is normal mm. and you know obviously if you're working with people particularly with people with dementia or you know, um, you know very ill people the behaviour may be such that you know you're not sure whether they're in distress or whether it's something somebody's done to them so Again, I think normalising and understanding a little bit more about the way that people behave can be useful for all of us.
4: Well, hopefully cases like this will, uh, you know, will, will wake people up and, um, you know, will stop this behaviour. It gets me very angry, very upset, this kind of stuff. Clare, thank you very much for coming in. Nice thank to you see me. you this morning. 08459 455555. 555.
3: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is Ian Lee.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Throw that curveball at
4: me as you, you leave the studio, for goodness sakes, Colette. Deary me, thank you very much indeed. Nice to see you this morning. 08459 4555. Seriously, you could make a radio show of all, all of the things that are said in the studio off mic between my guests, between Jonathan Vernon Smith and myself. It would, it, it would, it would turn the air blue. I've got to do the front page of the Daily Mail. Andrew's rage at bungling palace police. Prince tore into gun-toting officers who mistook him for an intruder in broad daylight. Imagine that. They've, they've had a little bit of trouble at the palace recently. Someone broke into it. Huh? An infuriated Prince Andrew tore a strip off gun-wielding officers who mistake, mistook him for an intruder at Buckingham Palace. The Queen's son erupted in fury when two heavily armed policemen shouted at him to, quote, "'Verify his identity.'" verify your idea i'm prince andrew get get knotted the fifth in line to the throne that, that rubs it in a bit doesn't it the fifth in line to the throne stood his ground and was said to have made his thoughts plain during the highly charged confrontation that followed a royal source said in other words we've made this next bit up that's what that means he was incredibly, incredibly angry. It was very much a case of guns being pointed at him and halt who goes there. The police have issued an apology. Oh, I'd love to have heard that conversation. He was incredibly, incredibly angry, according to a source made up by the Daily Mail. 08459 455
5: 555. Let's get the travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: A couple of problems on the motorways this morning, causing a fair bit of disruption. First off, to the M1 southbound, it's slow from junction eleven at the A505 all the way through, pretty much. the M25. There was an accident a bit earlier between Redbourne and Hemel Hempstead junctions 9 and 7. It looked like the accident is gone but the queues are still very much there and it's continuous from junction 11 right the way down past Hemel and toward the M25. Had a few calls coming in on that. Thank you to Roy in particular. The M25 then clockwise. This is the other problem we've had. One lane closed off still after an accident. Two lorries involved in this one between junction 24 at Potter's Bar and 25 at Enfield. This is through the roadworks of course congestion back as far as south mims and it's blocking lane one lanes two and three are open at the minute but again queues are building up around there and i think ray was the one who gave us a call on that one anti-clockwise slow from the m11 into the roadworks also busy st albans to watford and from maple cross to the m40 a1 southbound delays as you come toward the Black Cap roundabout from St. Neots. The A1M is slow hitching to Stevenage and the A1 queuing from the Holiday Injunction Junction to Mill Hill Circus. And trains, First Capital Connect still affected after an incident earlier this morning at East Croydon, meaning the slow lines are still blocked there. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow. MPs are criticising plans for the HS2 rail line through Buckinghamshire, claiming there's a better way of spending £50 billion. Elsewhere, there are reassurances that patients across the three counties will be well looked after at A&D departments, as staff shortages at our local hospitals are few and far between. A Bedfordshire care home worker won't be going to prison, despite being found guilty of neglect, as we've just been hearing. And a leading occupational health expert says police fitness tests due to start later in the month should be scrapped or because they discriminate against women officers in favour of unfit men that's the news now let's move on to all the morning sport
5: three county sports
1: bbc three counties radio Formula One first then and Milton Keynes-based Red Bull Sebastian Vettel now has a 53-point lead over Ferrari's Fernando Alonso in the Drivers' Championship. That comes after winning the Italian Grand Prix at Monza yesterday.
14: Sebastian Vettel wins the Grand Prix, his third victory in Monza in Italy, an absolutely peerless performance for him.
1: Hamilton unfortunately came ninth turning to football then and locally MK Dons maintained their unbeaten start to the league one season drawing against Swindon. Stevenage also picked up a draw against Tramney. League 2 Wickham with 2-1 winners at Hartlepool. in the conference Luton drew with Grimsby. So tonight then the England under-21s play their second qualifier for Euro 2015 that's with an away game against Finland moving on to cricket and England lost the second one Day international the series against Australia by eighty eight runs. Captain Michael Clark hit a century as Australia made 315 for 7 in their 50 overs. England then, that means a 1-0 down in the series with three matches left to play. Finally, Serena Williams won the US Open tennis. She beat Victoria Azarenka in three sets, 7-5-6-7-6-1. Six, six, That's to claim the title for the fifth time. And she says the victory's rescued her season.
12: I felt almost disappointed with my year to be honest. I felt like, yeah, I won the French Open but I wasn't happy with my performances in the other two slams and not even making it to the quarterfinals of one so i uh definitely feel a lot better with at least a second grand slam under about this year
1: bbc three counties radio more from me at eight
5: on fm am online and digital radio
1: this is ian
5: lee on bbc three counties radio
4: Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up in the next 30 minutes, talking more about A&E. Also finding out uh, Strictly versus X Factor. Strictly won the battle of the ratings at the weekend. But did it win the battle in your house? Oh eight four five nine 455 555. Now, here's an incredible story. A mother from Bedfordshire is angry after her local council told her... Uh, her children, uh, uh, sorry, told her children they couldn't play in the woods. Sharmbrook Parish Council told Sarah Morgan's children they couldn't play in the small wooded area near to Yelno Lane because they could cause an adverse effect on wildlife. Well, Sarah joins me on the line now. Morning, Sarah. Morning. What exactly were your kids up to?
21: Um, Well, they were just building a den with some other friends in this little woodland area and um, just having fun. And um, the council received a complaint from one of the residents that um, they were concerned about the wildlife, etc., um, in this little bit of woodland, and didn't want the children playing there anymore.
4: How old were your kids?
21: Uh, six and twelve.
4: And what what, were the, what, what playing were they doing?
21: Uh, they were building a den. So they were doing Ooh. what children do best. I... Uh,
4: uh- I'm, I'm dumbstruck by this. So they said, listen, you can't... Your kids burn a den. No, 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 that might affect the wildlife. What wildlife is in there? Do we know?
21: Um, no. The, the bit of land is not very big, so there's possibly a couple of rabbits...
4: And that's it. And how did they do this? Did they, did they approach the kids? Did you get a letter? What, what happened?
21: No, they approached the children, actually.
4: Oh, no. Yeah,
21: they approached the children rather than trying to find out where the parents were. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so it's... And they, they also said that they would be damaging trees and
4: possibly building fires. Oh, <laughs> goodness <laughs> sake. So some killjoy went up to your kids, who are sorry, 6 and 12... Yes. ...and said, Oi, you can't play here, hop it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and do we know who this person was?
21: Um, we do, yeah.
4: OK, well, don't give us a name. You, you know, and have you spoken to that person?
21: No. No, I haven't. This has all happened really quickly, so a- actually, no, I haven't. But the, the irony of it is they've actually got children as well. Right. So, um, who don't play out. Ah. Uh, so, uh,
4: How do you feel this has been handled, Sarah?
21: Um, not very well, really. I think it's a real shame. It's You know, instead of the children being in playing on computers and watching TV, they're outside, and it just, it just seems ridiculous that they're not allowed to do that. So well,
4: we, we have tried to uh, contact the council, and we've left a message on their, their voicemail, so ho- we're hoping, fingers crossed, that somebody... Uh, Will come on at some point uh, d- d- this morning from Shambrook Parish Council right. and explain this. And are there any signs up there or anything like that saying no children allowed?
21: No, there's a very old sign in one of the trees that just says private, but it's not. It's not very visible. Right. Um, we don't know who the land is owned by, um, but it's not a tended piece of land. It's just. It's just completely natural, um, but not. It's not protected or anything like that there aren't any fences that the children have climbed over it's completely open
4: right and have um, you had a letter or anything through no, or it just I just what they said to the kids yeah no. oh because i remember getting told off at six years old and I f- I, I, it was very upsetting
21: yeah they've they have been quite upset because they've, they've not been doing any harm they've just been having fun outside in the sunshine you know doing what healthy
4: kids should be doing This is what we should be encouraging Everyone's talking about Oh we've got fat kids We've got kids playing video games They should be out in the woods Building a den Yeah
21: they should be Absolutely Have
4: you stopped them Playing out in that that Little bit of woods No
21: No and I I won't either Because I I don't agree with it I think children should be outside And my children are very active So I will keep encouraging that As long as I can
4: (sighs) Uh, I'm supposed to be impartial in this, Sarah, of course, but I think you're doing exactly <laughs> the right thing.
12: Thank
4: you. Um, well, listen, we'll, we'll let you know if uh, the, the, the parish council get in touch, and, and do let us know if you hear any more, won't you? Yes, I will do. Thank you very much indeed. Sarah Morgan there. Oh, we've got an obesity problem. We've got fat kids. We've got lazy kids. We've got kids playing Xbox all the time. I think there's a place for Xbox, but... But a 6- and a 12-year-old out in the woods building a den. Building a den! Oh, no, you can't play here. What kind of person will go up to a six-year-old and say, Oi, you can't play here. Go on. Off. Deary, deary me. Right, Sharmbrook Parish Council. It's 7.38. My show is on the air until nine o'clock this morning. Grow a pair, pick up the phone and call me and explain this or apologise. 08-459-455-555. Oh, 8 455 five, four, double 555 double There are two things here. You either phone up and say, well, yeah, look, the reason we uh, don't want uh, children playing on this bit of woods is this, this and this. Or you call up and say, there's been a terrible misunderstanding. We humbly apologise uh, to Sarah uh, and her children. And of course the children can play there. Those are the two options, I think... Sharnbrook Parish Council, I have you in my sights. Got until nine o'clock. 08 555 is the telephone number. Let me just press this button so
5: you can hear it again.
3: Call 08 459 455 555.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Oh, 08459 five, 455 double, 555. Double, now, the battle of the big Saturday night TV programmes is underway. Strictly versus The X Factor. It was close. Strictly's Come Dancing got 8.4 million viewers, just ahead of ITV's X Factor, which got 8.3 million. The shows clash for the first time this
17: year. But which one do you prefer? Justin Dilly, which which one's your your favourite out of the two? Good morning, boss. Uh, for me, probably now I'm getting a bit older, so I would suggest uh, Strictly Come Dancing, just a bit more a bit more class to that programme. Not a great line-up for Strictly this year. Who's in it? Remind me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Susanna Reid, who I who I
4: like. Right. She's the newsreader. Yeah. Um, is is Feltzy in it? I think Feltzy's in it.
17: Oh dear. Yep. Um, and the rest I've not heard of. Well, somebody called Abby Clancy. Oh, Abby Clancy's uh, yeah, Abby in it. Abby Clancy, who is married to a footballer. Now, surely I've got more credentials than Abby Clancy to be on Strictly Come Dancing. What is that all about? She is hot, though, Justin. She may be hot. She's got nice but, feet. But well, where's the talent there? Come on. Well, I, I can Strictly tell you exactly doesn't. where the talent is <laughs> in that instance.
4: There's a, there's a golf man. There's a rugby man. There's a, a Hollyoaks man. There's a Coronation Street woman. Mm.
17: It's, it's a bit... I'll tell you the problem with Strictly. And oh. the problem is, and, and here is the real problem every single year. Here we go. They can pay people to go on the programme. Yes, the money's very nice, but do people want their partners going on that TV show? They know they're going to be with another man... Bump and grind. Another woman exactly for hours every single day, and things can develop. What do they call it? Fracking.
4: No, not uh, fracking. That's when they dig for um, for oil. What do they call it? Um, relationship twerking, maybe? Twerking. Twerking. Twerking, right. yes. Yeah. A bit of twerking. Well, you've been speaking to uh, um, people of beds, hearts and bucks. What did they have to say, Justin? Yeah,
17: some uh, interesting comments here. I've been asking people... People, which program do they prefer strictly or the X Factor? And here's what people had to say The X Factor. Tell us why it's the X Factor for you. So I think Strictly Come Dancing is for old people. <laughs> oh, really?
19: Strictly, because I love them, the dancers. I think they're incredible.
17: Do you even watch the X Factor at all?
19: Yeah, occasionally.
17: Yeah, but you definitely prefer Strictly.
11: Definitely, yeah. Okay. Uh, X Factor, I'm afraid.
17: You say well, you're afraid. Uh, why are you afraid to say that?
11: It's, it's more of. Um, a gimmicky programme, then Strictly Come Dancing. I
17: think is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah,
11: well, no, I never said that, you did. <laughs> I never said that.
17: <laughs> uh, Sharon Osborne's back on the programme. I've got to be honest here, I don't like the woman. I think she's fake. Do you think it's good to have Sharon Osborne back on The X Factor?
11: Yeah, she makes it fun. Mm. Yeah, she's good, I like her.
17: Neither of them don't but interest me. What sort of programmes do you watch? Nature, documentaries... And when you hear people on a Monday morning saying, Oh, did you watch Strictly over the weekend? Did you watch The X Factor? Do you just think, oh, please, get a life. <laughs> You've got it. X Factor. Why The X Factor? I don't know. It's, uh, it's more fun. Check me out. You can be Louis Walsh, OK? No. I'm now going to sing you an Elvis no, no, Presley no, no. song. Just I just can't help believing. I just can't help believing. What do you think? You're good. That's true, yeah. yeah. What about this one then? Like a rhinestone cowboy.
16: <laughs> I don't know the song, sorry. I'm not your man, sorry, seriously.
17: Okay. Hey, good morning, sir. You, you, you kindly stopped to talk to us in your street cleaning mobile here. Uh, what's your favourite TV show, The X Factor or Strictly? Nah, don't comment, mate.
4: <laughs> no comment. No comment. There you go. I think that was Simon Cowell that uh, <laughs> you were speaking to. Some some great singing. We had uh, we we sent Kelly Betts around um, the three counties offices with uh, um, uh, uh, m- a tape recorder, not a tape recorder, a microphone mm. to record some people singing some bits and pieces. Do you want to have a listen? Oh dear, yes. I Here do. we go. Have a listen to this.
16: Love, no longer has a hold on me. I am stronger, so much more emotionally. Love no longer has a hold on me. I am free
17: to be me.
16: <laughs> How on earth did you get that? There's more. There's more. Stay there.
4: It's
16: me. It's where thy destiny <laughs> I be. Mm-mm-mm.
4: That was a bit naughty. That was, um, oh. that was
17: Justin Dealey. Can I just say, <laughs> I'm going to stop you there right now. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Now, <laughs> who recorded that again, did you say? Was, was that Kelly Betts? Yeah? Kelly, come on, he wants to talk okay. to you. Yes, yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm led to believe... I did not
8: record and, uh, that. You sure? Uh,
16: 100%. It you?
17: Because technically it's actually illegal to record somebody without their knowledge. Goodbye, Kelly Betts.
16: <laughs> I didn't record it. Nice, nice note. It knowing. wasn't me nice who recorded it. With you at
17: the
4: BBC. Bye. Well, that took a, a dark tone, didn't it? What, what should have been a harmless prank has involved in someone, uh, a member of my team, uh, uh, launching a lawsuit against another member of my team. <laughs> oh, it was good. It was Justin Dealey singing uh, during the recording of me. Shall Should we, shall we have another listen? <laughs>
16: Mm-mm. <laughs> Love no longer has a hold on me. <laughs> I am stronger. It's all no one note. Sweaty. Love no longer <laughs> has a hold on me. Love no longer has a hold on me. <laughs> Love no longer has a hold on me. Free.
4: He's taken all the passion and excitement out of that song. <laughs> uh, it, it renders it into a Stephen Hawking interpretation.
16: It's where the destiny It's a darling! I'm to be <laughs> here the <they're searching laughs> <down me. laughs> oh, oh, It's the funniest thing I've heard.
5: Don't worry, we'll play it again before nine. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Still very slow on the M1 southbound this morning as you make your way from junction 11 at the A505 down toward Hemel Hempstead. It's taking about 45 minutes to get through. There was an accident a bit earlier between junction 9 Redbourne and Hemel Hempstead and although the accident's gone, it's still really, really slow down there. Clockwise M25, a lane closed following an accident with two lorries involved. This is from Potter's Bar through to Enfield, junction 24 to 25 and it's slow back as far as the A1M South Mims. That's blocking lane one still. Lanes 2 and 3 are open on that clockwise side. Anti-clockwise, usual delays heading into the roadwork section, so it's very slow coming toward Enfield. It's also busy from St Albans to the M40, with stop-start traffic all the way through. The A1 southbound, that is busy from the St Neots junction to the Black Cat roundabout. After a patch where it runs quite well, it slows again from Hitchin towards Stevenage, and then it slows into London from Boreham toward Mill Hill Circus. Quite busy on the A5, I think presumably as people avoid the problems on the M1, so as you go southbound through Mark Yate there are delays around Lynch Hill. And on the trains, First Capital Connect disrupted at East Croydon after an incident there earlier this morning. The slow lines are still blocked. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you very much, Adam. 7.47, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs are slating plans for the HS2 rail line through Buckinghamshire, claiming there's a better way of spending £50 billion. A Bedfordshire mother's angry after Shambrook Parish Council claims her children aren't allowed to play in the nearby woods. And in sport, Milton Keynes-based Red Bull came top of yesterday's Italian Grand Prix as Sebastian Vettel made his sixth victory of the season. Coming up, we're looking at A&E in the three counties, but before that, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella.
11: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Good morning. A bit of an autumnal feel to the day. We've got lots of cloud and plenty of rain as well. Some heavy and persistent rain working its way through parts of Buckinghamshire and Bedfordshire at the moment. Just some showers through Hertfordshire but we will get some persistent rain through the course of the day. Later on it will turn more showery. We may get some bright spells and that's when the temperature will rise. So late this afternoon we're looking at a maximum of 19 Celsius. That's uh, 66 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight the showers continue for a time but it will eventually end up dry with some clear spells. Bit of a breeze starting to pick up as well, northerly breeze. So temperatures dropping down to around 8 Celsius away from towns and cities. That's 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. So a cool but bright start to Tuesday, but the cloud thickening quite quickly as we pull in this northerly breeze. So some grey skies and maybe some rain tomorrow afternoon as well. Temperature should get slightly warmer. We'll get one or two brighter spells tomorrow afternoon, which could lead to the temperature rising up to 20 Celsius. That's 68 degrees in Fahrenheit height. And that's your forecast.
4: Thank you very much.
11: Roberto Peroni on BBC
3: Three Counties Radio.
5: If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the yeah. legsy, the bumsy.
3: <laughs> you're going to start that trend, Roberto <laughs> Peroni. We seem to be heading
5: um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one.
3: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Now, a survey by NHS A and E departments—sorry, of NHS A and E departments in England—reveals average staff shortages of ten percent. Locally, the research by Five Live investigates shows uh, most of our hospitals to be close to the average, with a fourteen percent shortfall at the Luton and Dunstable, thirteen percent at Milton Keynes, eleven percent for Bucks, and ten percent in Bedford. West Hearts is below the average at eight percent, but the best fit are for the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust, which uh, must be fully staffed, or at least close to it. Well, Jeff Brown is Chief Executive of Hertfordshire Health Watch. Morning, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, promising news from Hertfordshire, isn't it?
22: It is. Yes, it is, Ian. Um, we're very pleased uh, to see those figures for Hertfordshire. Um, but as Health Watch Hertfordshire, the sort of watchdog for health and social care and the consumer champion, we're concerned about some of the figures for our neighbouring uh, hospitals... What, what is Hertfordshire doing right that the other areas perhaps aren't? Um, I think partly um, there's some good work going on at the at the Lister Hospital to improve the facilities there which are attracting people in. I think there's work going on uh, with the West Hearts Hospital Trust to um, work with partner organisations to work in an effective and efficient way which may attract people in. Um, so I think they're, they're doing well, but I think there are pressures... Uh, on A&E departments generally, which are making it difficult to fill vacancies. Um, so it's, it's not an easy time for, for nurses and other people working in A&E.
4: You express concern about some of your, the, the neighbouring regions. Why, why would that concern you? Um,
22: well, I suppose partly because um, uh, our residents in, say, areas around Harpenden, Redbourne and so on, would be lo- using Luton and Dunstable as their first choice uh, A&E service, the nearest service to use. Um, and in a way, it's an integrated system. People from outside Hertfordshire use our hospitals and people from to use those elsewhere. So we're all in it together, as it were. And I think we need to be working together to try and ensure that the best services are provided wherever that is. I'm sure my colleagues in, in Healthwatch Luton will be talking to, to Luton and Dunstable about those figures and what sort of things they've put in place, both short and long term, to deal with those shortages.
4: Staffing numbers of A&E, of course, aren't the only way of monitoring care. What have you heard from patients in Hertfordshire? Are they happy with the service? Um, I think, it's, I think
22: uh, perhaps inevitably, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I think what they appreciate is if they're treated with with care and dignity by um, the ambulance trust staff taking them often to A&E and the staff at A&E themselves. Um, they like to be told what's going on and being informed, you know, what's happening. And I think that there's an understanding that there should be proper prioritisation so people are perhaps willing to wait if they've got a particular um, sort of lesser problem than other people who've got more more serious things going on. But I think to be told what's happening seems best. And what I would like to say is um, it's, it's best to decide the, the, the right route to take if you've got, a, um, if you've got a, a need to go to A&E services or other services. So it might be that you, ha- you are in a situation where there's there is an emergency, there is an accident or whatever, where A&E services are absolutely the right place. Um, but, uh, for instance, you might feel that the 111 service, which has had a bit of a bad reputation nationally, that has worked well in Hertfordshire, might be a better route if it's not an emergency but you need urgent treatment. Um, we also find that sometimes people are using A&E for the wrong reasons, you know, if they can't get a GP appointment or something there, and they want some help. So I suppose it's just if, if you... Uh, if you need help, but it it's not an accident or accident or emergency, check out what other things are available because that might mean you get a better, a better service. Jeff, you're
4: you're you're asking the British public to use some common <laughs> sense. Do you realise how foolish that is? Uh,
22: no, I think I think people are, are pretty clued up with a lot of this, but I think it's it's kind sort of overcoming the the worry about um, what's the best thing to do and yeah. where to go. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm confident that the British public will be able to do that. Well, you're,
4: <laughs> you're, yeah, the clue is in the title, Accident and an Emergency. Is it an accident? Is it an emergency? No? Then I'll wait till Monday. That's yeah,
22: the thing. That's it. I'll go some, you know, if you're worried, but it's not, th- yep. not those things, try one It gets busier, doesn't it,
4: Amy, over winter?
22: It does indeed, yeah. Um, there's a lot of plans already going in place to deal with uh, with winter emergencies, you know, the number of people going in is is a lot higher, and it varies, you know, from time to time. You know, at Christmas, people perhaps fall down flights of stairs or whatever it is, so it's probably going to be quite busy around that time.
4: Jeff, thanks very much for your time this morning. Jeff Brown, Chief
5: Executive of Hertfordshire Health Watch. Call
3: 08459 455 555.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. The front
4: page of the uh, Daily Express, Diana Murder Cover-Up Fears. Wow, it was a murder. New army letter reveals nothing was done about claim for two years. A suspected attempt to cover up sensational claims that Princess Diana and Dodie Fired were assassinated is revealed today by the Daily Express. Army chiefs had admitted for the first time that they did nothing for almost two years after being alerted to allegations that the SAS arranged the couple's deaths. Yeah, you know who alerted them? The ex-wife of of a soldier. (sighs) Uh, uh, In a a letter, a high-ranking army officer makes the startling omission that no specific action was taken over suggestions that members of the elite Special Forces Regiment were involved in the deaths. Now, okay, uh, wow, uh, allegations, the SAS have have murdered Princess Diana, but then you look at the the details. Allegations relating to the murder plot were made public in July after the court-martial of SAS sniper Danny Nightingale. They were contained in a letter written by the mother-in-law of Soldier N, Nightingale's former friend and housemate who gave evidence against him. Hang on a second, it's not even come from his ex-wife. Let's get this right. So, the evidence, the letter that was ignored by the army, uh, came from the mother-in-law of the flatmate of a bloke. Right! Right! Hey, let's all go to Infowars.com. Let's all go and watch Loose Change, shall we? These are conspiracy theory places where lunatics and fringe elements hang out. The seven-page note was handed to Scotland Yard, and officers are assessing the alleged involvement of the SAS in the couple's death. But it's understood that Dodie's father, turn to page five. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, former Harrod owner, Mohamed Al-Fayed, is extremely concerned that the Metropolitan Police have already decided the parish car crash that killed Diana, his son, and chauffeur Omri Paul was an accident. Guess what? It was an accident! It was a drunk bloke driving too fast, being chased by paparazzi, she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Ah, oh, dear. One source commented the Yard carried out a long investigation into the crash and decided it was accidental. The major worry is that the Yard will find it very difficult to examine these new allegations. I could write a letter and send it to the army saying, hey, do you know what? I think it was um, uh, a, 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 a British soldier what done it. Claims attributed to Soldier N about the alleged SAS involvement in the crash were first brought to the Army's notice when his mother-in-law wrote to the head of the regiment in 2011. She also claimed Soldier N mistreated his wife and threatened to make her disappear. Guess what? It was an accident. It's nonsense. The Daily Express has had, I think, about ten days' worth of front pages out of this. Out of this not-a-story story. Front page of the Sun. Ground Zeroes. In 9-11 anniversary snub, pen pushers leave victims' memorial to rot in the yard. A twisted Ground Zero girder, gifted to the UK as a 9-11 memorial, lies rusting in a farmyard in a shameful snub to the victims. Turn to page five. Callous bureaucrats have barred the display of a 9-11 girder. Despite it being briefly unveiled in 2011, it was torn down 28 days later, and since then, every council in London has either refused to house the artwork or ignored requests to discuss a site. Permission to speak freely, while of course, of course, we should remember and uh, acknowledge the the, the horrible events of 9-11, 2001, I think it was. All the people who died. And this art obviously symbolises the the loss and the, the impact of the rest of the world. It's a pretty horrible piece of art. I've said it. I've said it. It's just a rusted girder. Just. It's a rusted girder with an American flag at the end. I can understand why local councils wouldn't want to have that displayed in their area. Is that me being harsh and cold and callous? If you've seen the front page, give me a call. 08459 four double five five double five.
5: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Still problems on the trains. First Capital Connect disrupted from Bedford through toward Brighton after an incident at East Croydon. Slow lines are still blocked there, meaning severely disrupted services. Virgin Trains, delays of up to half an hour rugby through to Euston because of overhead line problems at Wolverton. This is affecting London Midland as well, including their route from Euston up to Northampton. This, of course, will be affecting trains running through Milton Keynes. Southbound M1, slow-moving Junction 11 all the way down to Hamill-Hempstead at Junction 7, about 35 minutes to get through now after an accident earlier at Junction 8. Clockwise M25, you've got a lane closed following two lorries that were involved in an accident. Potters Bart through to Enfield. The congestion back to South Mims. Also slow on the M25 anti clockwise into the roadworks and from St Albans round to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you, Adam. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show. Would you ever consider fostering a child? Well, this area is 700 people short. Have you done it? What were your experiences? 08459 455
5: 555.
1: It's 8 o'clock, I'm Serena Farrow. The headlines, children told off for playing in Bedfordshire woodland. MPs warn there are serious problems with HS2 and paperwork preventing people from fostering in the three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a Bedfordshire mother's angry after a local council claims her children aren't allowed to play in the woods.
21: They approach children rather than trying to find out where the parents were. A bit of land is not very big, so there's possibly a couple of rabbits... And that's it. And they, they also said that they would be damaging trees and possibly building fires.
13: Oh.
1: Sarah Morgan speaking to Ian Lee earlier today. Sharnbrook Paris Council have told her that youngsters there couldn't use the small wooded area near to Yelno Lane, all because it may have an adverse effect on wildlife. Well, she says the land isn't currently used for anything. Well, we hope to hear from the council, but as yet they've not responded. In other news this morning, a group of MPs say there are serious problems with the government's plans for High Speed 2, which is set to run through Buckinghamshire. The Commons Public Accounts Committee says the Department for Transport is yet to demonstrate this is the best way to spend £50 billion on rail investment. But the Transport Secretary, Patrick McLaughlin, is defending the project.
23: We have not built
22: a new railway line north of London for 120 years, and the truth is we can't not do anything. This is planning for the long-term future of our railway, People do different things on the train Some people work, some people sleep, some people read But most people will look at how is the quickest way to get from A to B And they will plan their journey accordingly
1: Next, and there are reassurances that patients across the three counties will be well looked after at A&D departments, as staff shortages at our local hospitals are few and far between, though nationally there's a shortage. Peter Gibson from the East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust says there are many reasons for it. He says it doesn't have the exact sexiness of some of the specialities in medicine.
18: It's about making as an attractive proposition as possible for the staff Um, And that's what we're doing, of course. We're in the process halfway through building our new emergency department at the list. So we've got a year to go. It's not finished. But that, we think, will make a big, big difference as somewhere people will want to come to work.
1: Administration and paperwork are preventing parents from fostering children across the three counties. Now there's a shortage. 700 more people are needed in this area alone. Sheila Dog from High Wickham, who's been fostering for about 12 years now, says the red tape isn't too much of a bind.
19: And quite rightly, because obviously we're looking after other people's children and it's a terrific responsibility. The department obviously has to ensure that you're doing the best job that you possibly can. But if you get into a routine, it is not a
1: burden and there's more on this story coming up with ian lee here on bbc three counties radio in the next hour in sport and formula one milton keynes base red bull sebastian vettels extended his lead at the top of the world championship it's after winning the italian grand prix yesterday that
4: was three minutes thanks. I'm just saying.
1: Remember it's cloudy this morning. You, you want to know this well, g- g- because you'll get wet, you'll step out and oh there you go. Your hair's messed up. Well it's messy anyway. But you know at I least if I tell you it's going to rain you can prevent that and take a little brolly with you or something can't I you? Had little a little cu- hoodie.
4: I had a, a haircut at the weekend and I'm going Did to... Did you? Because wh-
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed no. today.
4: That's rude. And I'm going to be wearing one of those um, things my nan used to wear. One of those plastic transparent little headscarves. Oh
1: little beauties they are aren't they? Back in fashion now, I believe.
4: I'm, I'm bringing them back.
1: Max. Max and all that okay,
4: you really have overrun okay, now. So,
1: 19 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news, news and spotlight sport. Guess where? Where?
4: bbccouk slash 3, three counties. Counties. Thank you. Bye bye. That went on forever, didn't it? To go on forever. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past eight. It's Monday morning. It's pretty grotty out there, but do you know what? I'm embracing the grotty weather. Tomorrow we'll send Justin out to find out what you prefer the grotty weather or the uh, sunny weather. I prefer the grotty weather, to be honest. Lots coming up, including a national charity, believes that there is a shortage of foster children in the east of England. Action for Children says this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. Well, would you be a foster carer? And from the ridiculous to the you-know-what, Strictly or X Factor, which one in your house? 08459
5: 455555... A Bedfordshire care home worker has escaped a prison sentence despite being
4: found guilty of neglect. Jackie Endoro from Luton was filmed asleep at the Limes in Henlow, which, whilst an elderly man, lay helpless on the floor. A court heard that 86-year-old Albert Riches, who suffered from dementia, had been left there for an hour after he collapsed. He was calling for help. This happened in June 2011, and Mr Riches has since died. The case came to light because the care home had suspicions and set up CCTV cameras to check what was happening overnight at the home well joining me in the studio now is uh, kevin wilkinson assistant manager of the home thank you very much for coming in what i said that you had suspicions what suspicions did you have
0: uh we have uh, things in place in the home uh all our staff have training on things to look out for it was quite obvious in this case that a, the in the mornings the home wasn't as clean as it it generally is when this particular person was on shift it also come uh, to their attention that the, the actual beds that some of the residents were sleeping in were wet Uh, These have to be checked every two hours and changed if they are wet. Uh, When this was brought to me by the two staff in in question, I uh, tried my very best to catch these individuals. And uh, it was very difficult because I'd walk in in the middle of the night Mm. and they'd jump off the chair. And so it was very hard for me to kind of catch them. They would just say, oh, I'm just resting my eyes. So you were suspicious because of these these things you've mentioned that that it was these two
4: uh, uh, people who... um were not perhaps d- delivering the, the care that you were expecting
0: from them. So you'd turn great. up, what, uh, by uh, unexpected in the middle of the night? and Unexpected or I'd sleep downstairs. I'd, I'd have a sleeping-in room, which I, I, often, I often sleep in, and I'd come up in the night... And uh, I'll try and catch them that way, hmm. but uh, it wasn't—I wasn't very successful in doing that. How this many thing. residents have you got in the home? How big is? We it? We had twenty-three at the time, right. Uh, and now, right now we've got twenty-eight. And, and would it just be these two
4: women working, uh, two people working overnight, or is it? it is it
0: there... that particular night? There was the, the two in question, as myself on my shift as well downstairs. So you couldn't catch them by surprising them. What did no. you do next? Uh, I set up. Uh, a CCTV in the, in the front room Where I suspected uh, the, actual, the other individual who they haven't caught yet mm. I, was, I was suspecting her more Than uh, the than lady, Jackie Who was, who was actually caught mm. And uh, I set it up, facing a chair which, which was in front of the TV uh, And I thought I'd catch her sleeping and uh, that's, that's how i done it. Mm. It was dis- disguised as a clock, mm. so they had no, no way of seeing uh, that. And, and how long from setting up the camera was it
4: before you got footage of them sleeping? Uh, three days. Three days, yes. really? First shift. Yeah. What did you think when you, 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 you come in the next day, you put in the tape?
0: Yes. And uh, you see that? Whew. Uh, disgust, really. Disgust. And, and not just the fact that uh, Jackie was caught sleeping for six hours on shift wow it was actually prior to and and i feel some guilt in some way because i stayed downstairs deliberately all that night because i didn't want to come up and and actually find them or, or, or catch them i wanted to make sure i had enough footage because i knew one picture on my phone wasn't going to be enough in court as has been proven many times mm. and so i needed some uh, i need some good evidence to find out the, the, the uh, Mr.
4: Riches, who collapsed on the floor, and we've heard that um, the, the, these two people were having a
0: conversation around him and sweeping around him. Was that filmed as well? It was indeed, yes. It was. The, uh, the CCTV had audio on it as well. Right, so this was a different night? No, this, this the was the night, night following into, into Jackie sleeping all night. Right. So it was a continuation of, of poor practice. And so what exactly did that footage show? It showed uh, Mr. Riches, uh, Albert, walking around the room after standing up, uh, falling over, laying on the floor for over an hour, as, as was said in court. It then shows uh, one, the, one of the ladies, who I can't speak about now because she's, she's still alive. She, she has kind of skipped bail, she and she's wanted bail. by the police, she's, isn't indeed. she? That's why we're not mentioning her name, that's, yes. That's correct. And uh, the first lady come in, and she swept around Albert first, uh, said nothing to him. Basically, he was on the floor calling for help. Uh, then Jackie come into the room, Jackie didn't even look at the man on the floor as if, you know, the Mm. first thing I would have said is what's what's the guy doing on the floor? What's Mm. Albert doing on the floor? Nothing said at all. she came in there, they spoke about swapping shifts or or looking for another job and uh, there wasn't no care at all.
4: So this all happened on, on that, that first night that you filmed it. And, yes. and did you steam in straight away with this
0: evidence or did you wait a bit longer? I, yeah, I was very emotional at the time and, yeah, I, I knew something needed to be done. Uh, I, mean, I, I think the, the main point of the, of the in the court was was how they actually pulled this gentleman up as well. Simple lack of care, just looking at him and not even going up to him, not talking to him, mm. not checking him for injuries, which they should have done. There was mm. a call button on the wall. They could have pressed that. I'd been straight up to help them lift him if they needed help. Mm. But they're fully trained in lifting people anyway. They should have been able to do it. And then uh, dragging him up by the scruff of his neck mm. onto a chair. Incredible. And then him apologising to them. Mm. Incredible. Did,
4: did you go to the police the very next day? Did you confront yes, that, these women the next day? What happened?
0: Yes, I did. Uh, Six thirty that morning, I, I got go up and check the footage, and I and I and I see the footage, and I was horrified. Mm. And uh, I phoned Joan, who is the manager at home, and, and said uh, I found something absolutely horrific. Uh, and I explained roughly what I'd seen, and she said, uh, "Get them out of my house now. I don't want them there. Mm. I want it done now." Mm. And, and what did uh, they
4: say when you approached them and said,
0: "Look, I know they I said they like said uh, I didn't do it. It didn't happen." Uh, I, I I asked the question straight. Did Albert fall in the living room? No. I swear to God he didn't fall mm. that's what I got back because they would have thought that you'd have heard it from him and he's an
4: old boy so what is he well, he's well probably I imagining think stuff they, and- I
0: think they thought that because I sleep un- I, I was underneath the room that I heard a fall right and I think that's how I, I come to the conclusion and even when I said check this CCTV out I've got it here yeah it was still well that's not me what did uh, Albert's family say when you told them oh that's that's probably the worst part of the entire process it was when I first found out, I knew what I had to do, but there was something inside me which said, look, just get rid of these two, just get rid of them, because what are people going to think of our care home for mm. a start? How am I going to tell the family what am I going to do? And I remember phoning Albert's daughter up in the morning and saying, I've got something that I need to show you, and I I can't talk about it over the phone, and I think you need to come in. And uh, when I explained to her when she was in the office what it was on the video, she said she couldn't see it, mm. but her husband watched the video. Mm. And it's probably the hardest thing I think I've ever done. There might be some people uh, uh, listening, Kevin, who are saying, "Well, you're the assistant manager. Indeed,
4: you are. You allowed these two women to come and work in your home. You, you, there was obviously a, a flaw somewhere in the vetting procedure. That you are, in some ways, partly responsible
0: as their employer for what happened. Indeed, indeed. And uh, uh, we've had a lot of support as well from from not just CQC but the social workers and the families, and in fact the family involved. And uh, sadly, these things do go on. Uh, obviously, they go on. Uh, I remember listening to the show last week, and my biggest concern is people that say, this would never happen in my care home. This would never happen. You know, that's it does happen. Mm-hmm. And we we put things in place. We we do the DBS, the old CRB check, which is now the DBS check. Uh, they're fully trained. There's, there's no way of training compassion almost. And we, we were speaking about this the other day, and we said... How can we see if someone's got compassion? Shall we, when they come for an interview, shall we set someone up in a drive to fall over and see if they actually walk over and we'll pick them up? Yeah, what do we do? It's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> actually, yeah, now I've said that, I can't that's do not, it. But...
4: That's not a bad idea. What, the, 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 there will be, you know, my mum's in a care home and this is something I'm particularly passionate about, but uh, what would you say to, to people listening to this? The, the, how confident
0: can you be that your care home now is completely, completely safe? Well, We've been operating. My mother's been operating in care this particular care home for 21 years. Uh, This is the first time anything like this ever come up in our care home, and uh, I think now our staff, now we will do anything and i will do anything and i i've been setting up cctv ever since that time i've been setting up audio mm. i'll make them sign documentation when they come to the home that we will set up hidden cctv which they cannot see if you are found doing anything we will catch you and you're allowed to you're legally allowed to do that are you well whether i am or i'm not yeah. I, I make them sign something before to say that they know it's there yeah and so I'm, I'm hoping that takes it away but if they feel that i'm not allowed then a uh, I'd, I'd take that chance. Well, Kevin, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's awful that it, that it happened.
4: And, of course, uh, Albert is no longer with us. But, I, mm. I, you know, I think hats off to you. You, you. As soon as you suspected there was something wrong, mm. you acted on it. And I'm not sure that every uh, person running a care home would be quite so uh, uh, proactive. Um, th- th- she got a four-month suspended sen- uh,
0: suspended sentence. She did. Do you think she that's did. strong enough? I mean, I have to respect what the court says. Uh, personally, I would have put away – I would have jailed her. But that, that's for the court to decide, and so it's not for me really to decide.
4: Kevin, very nice to meet you. Thanks very much for coming in. Well Thank done you, for, for acting on uh, on that. Kevin uh, Wilkinson, Assistant Manager
5: of the Lyme's Care Home in Henlow. Call 08459
3: 455 555
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CI. Just, ca- just give you that again. An old boy falls on the floor, he's there for an hour, he can't get up, there's a carer sweeping around him, then has a chat with her mate. What is wrong with these people? How could anybody think that's acceptable? What a grim story. And I, you know, I I kind of, I I do think Kevin deserves a pat on the back. You know, yes, he let those people come and work there, but as soon as he got suspicious, he, he did something about it. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. It's a quarter past eight, it's Monday, it's miserable out there and it's wonderful
5: because of it. Let's get the travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Looking at the cameras on the M1, a fair few people still stuck in delays from Junction 11, the A505 down toward Hemel Hempstead at Junction 7. It's moving a little bit better than it was. But it could still take you around 35 minutes to get through. There was an accident earlier around junction 8. The M40 starting to slow up. Stoken Church to High Wycombe, junction 5 to 4 on the London bound side. The A1 slow at the Blackcap roundabout with delays back to St Neots. And the A1M stop start from junction 10 around Stopfold and Baldock down toward junction 7 at the A602 near Stevenage. Then into London, you have queues on the A1. From the Holiday Inn Junction at Boreham Wood toward Mill Hill Circus. Still big problems on the M25. Clockwise, one lane closed off after an accident with two lorries involved. They're doing the recovery work now. This is between Potter's Bar and Enfield Junctions 24 and 25, with the congestion back to South Mims at Junction 23. An anti-clockwise slow into the roadworks, plus queues from St Albans round to the M40. While on the trains, Virgin and London Midland run with delays of up to half an hour. This is because of overhead line problems at Wolverton. That'll be affecting services running through Milton Keynes. And First Capital Connect disrupted to the south of London, East Croydon. There was an incident earlier this morning, meaning the slow lines there are still blocked. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you, Adam. Right, it's 8.16. It's uh, Monday, the 9th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire mother is angry after her children have been told off by a Sharnbrook parish councillor for playing in the woods. A Bedfordshire care home worker won't be going to prison despite being found guilty of neglect as she fell asleep on the job. In sports, Serena Williams has won the US Open uh, tennis for a fifth time, beating Victoria Azarenka. Coming up, HS2. There's been further criticism of the play and HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from 9, the JVS Show. You just can't carry on with life. It, I mean, it's just awful. With
18: the biggest opinions. It's about time somebody or an organisation has stood up and it's not the
5: coffee. Well, yeah, it depends on the individual, actually. Let's pollute the planet even more. We should pollute it so much, your Pinot Gris show goes rotten.
3: And the biggest local talking points.
5: What we really need to do is for everyone in, in the country to reduce their energy consumption, not increase it.
3: The JVS Show, weekdays from 9. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: He's my ruddy-faced colleague. (laughs) You look ruddy. Ruddy, do I? Yes, you've been um, boozing all weekend, you've just been telling me. (laughs) Non-stop. From uh, (laughs) five minutes to midday on Friday... I can't say anything privately (laughs) Five minutes to midday on Friday to um, literally two (laughs) minutes ago, non-stop booziness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Is that your weekend, Have I summed that up correctly? Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much, yes. Yes, yes.
7: I went to a vineyard.
4: How fancy.
7: I mean, you've got to get booze, have you, when you go to a... A British v- vineyard? Yes, local, Half a cheer. Good? Yeah, very really? good,
4: yes. Nice local Fridzden. wine.
7: So? Vineyard. So drunk again? Are you I drunk? went there. It was lovely. Oh good. Little wine tasting. A, a, a little wine tasting yes. about this little. Well, I bought a bottle. Yes. Of course, as you would. You'd be rude not to. It's very nice. Have yeah. you ever been to Frithsden? No. Oh, it's delightful. Yeah. I'd
4: like to live there. Yeah, you're getting ruddier by the second, <laughs> am I? <laughs> you're like an old sergeant major or really? something. Really? Yes, you do. It's oh gosh. Intriguing look. You're a fan of, of good singing, aren't you? Oh yes. Have a listen to this. <laughs>
16: Mm, mm, mm.
4: This is Justin Dealey. Love
16: no longer has a hold on me. I am stronger, so much more emotionally. Love no longer has a hold on me. He sounds like a robot.
4: He's nice, got a nice voice. (laughs) He's taken all of the joy out of that song and just put it into, uh... There's another song, have a listen to this second one because he he somehow makes it sound like a Dalek.
16: It's where thy destiny oh mm-hmm.
7: mm-hmm. well, well, i think i know how you've recorded that no
4: no 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 no, no, no don't don't uh, give away our secrets oh, it gosh. wasn't kelly betts that recorded it by the way but uh, just all presenters beware yes
7: beware i frequently sing along during my hits mm-hmm. do you ever hear them
15: Yes, Yeah, <laughs> That's what we do here oh,
7: quite God a lot yes. What's on your show this morning, Jonathan? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, would you like to see all police armed with taser guns? The use of tasers by police in England and Wales has more than doubled since 2009 to over 7,000 deployments in a year. Human rights groups are calling for a restriction on the weapons as changes in the law have led to a wider rollout of stun guns across the force. Currently around 11,000 of officers are armed with tasers and the association of chief police officers says that the rise in deployments is down to more officers being trained and armed not the same officers just using them more regularly well from the nine this morning on the big phone in, i want your views on this would you like to see all police armed with taser guns i know the answer from you you, I, you love a good taser. I'm going to be taser trained very shortly. Uh, yes, uh, you were telling me about. This. I'm going. Uh, I'm going with the police to watch how they're taser trained, and I'm going to. I'm hoping I might even get to fire. Deploy. I think is the way you deploy a taser you would love all the police to to have them because you are taser crazy no i tell you what I, th- I think i think the police have a very difficult job they yeah. have to go out onto the streets and frankly they have to deal with the low life that none of us want to have to deal with yes which I is agree. why we expect the police to deal with them yeah. now if you expect the police to deal with low life and some of these people are wretched they truly are some of the criminals on the streets some of the young criminals in particular they are wretched little creatures yes and if you expect the police to go out and deal with them what do you want a whistle (gasps) stop there young man i'll hit you with my truncheon no those days have gone get your taser out and give them a good tasering that's what i say namby pamby people Well, from nine this morning, would you like to see all police armed with taser guns? 08459 455 555.
3: Call 08459 455 555.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. He does get very heated when it comes to tasers,
4: uh, so it's, it's definitely worth a listen uh, from 9 o'clock JVS. You can uh, start calling him now if you want. There's been further criticism of the planned HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. A group of MPs says the predicted benefits of the north-south line are dwindling as costs rise. This is according to the Public Accounts Committee. Its chair is the Labour MP, uh, Margaret Hodge. <laughs> Oh, no, we haven't got the clip there, I'm afraid, so uh, we'll go straight to James. James, I do apologise. We uh, were supposed to have a clip there, and it, it, it's vanished in the computer system. She uh, sounded like she was exploding, Ian. Yeah, yes, she's exploding with rage. With rage. <laughs> what exactly are MPs saying? Yeah, well, I can tell you, Margaret Hodge, some pretty
14: strong language from her this morning. She's saying that ministers haven't put forward a convincing case that HS2 is worth the money. Um, MPs reckon it could cost £50 billion, pounds, uh, but the Public Accounts Committee say the business case is flawed because it assumes people don't work on trains, which clearly isn't the case. Also, MPs say there's no
4: proof the line will benefit the regions. It might just take more business to London. David Cameron, uh, David Cameron has thrown his weight behind it. What are the ministers saying? Well, ministers have hit back this morning. They say HS2 is vital
14: not just to cut journey times from north to south, but also to stop existing routes being overwhelmed by rising passenger numbers. Here's the Transport Secretary, Patrick McLaughlin.
22: We haven't built a new railway line north of London for 120 years. We are desperately going to be desperately short of capacity. Capacity is the most important thing to address.
14: And the government fight back starts later this week. Ministers will release a new report detailing city by city how they believe HS2 will benefit the
4: regions to the tune of billions of pounds every year. Each week it seems it's going to happen Then it seems it isn't, then it is And is it actually going to happen Or could is it possible the entire project could be derailed Well we've seen a lot of scepticism breaking out But politically the
14: main party leaders David Cameron you mentioned Nick Clegg, Labour's Ed Miliband They're all behind it But today's report makes clear, many backbenchers are sceptical, especially MPs whose constituencies could have HS2 built across them. A bill is expected to go before Parliament before the 2015 general election, but getting that bill passed, Ian,
4: that may not be easy. Uh, James, thank you very much indeed. Call
3: 08459 455 555.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call you can go to facebook.com <clears throat> excuse me forward slash bbc 3cr and have your say you can go there anytime you want and uh, and have your say all the points do get read not necessarily by me but someone will uh will look at them i pop on there from time to time and uh I- indulge in a little bit of an argument with uh with you It's all good sport, isn't it? You can also email me directly if you wanted. Ian.Lee, I-A-I-N dot It's the correct way of spelling, Ian, at bbc.co.uk. i have been talking about the incredible story uh, this morning of Jackie Ndoro, uh, who is a care worker uh, at the Limes home in Henlow, and she slept while an elderly man was on the floor in pain. Uh, Matt's in Luton. Matt's called in. Good morning, Matt.
23: Morning. Matt, What's, your, what's uh, what would you like to say? Uh, well, my wife's in in a home. She's got dementia. We've had a few problems with the family going in there, saying that uh, they don't... They, they're not looking after her properly, and uh, she's lost a bit of weight. She has lost a bit of weight, but it's, it's due to the disease. But she's been well looked after. Uh, but Sometimes you go in, things are not right. When you notice it, you pick it up yourself. Uh, I go in there every night. Um, my daughter's going more all weekends. Uh, but we've had it from the, the rest of the family. we actually got a bit of a feud going on now. And it's getting bad.
4: A feud because your wife's in a care home?
23: Well, her, their sisters, they're saying... We had to have the social services in on Friday they have to have a meeting to cover themselves to make sure everything's okay and, and as far as we're concerned but as far as I'm concerned which is I'm the main person I find everything brilliant the girls are brilliant the staff are great but you will get people well I've got my family on me neck now about this and we've, we've tend to in out with her sisters
4: Matt, listen. If you're confident you're, that you're doing the right thing and everything is fine, then you need to stay true to yourself. You talk about families falling out over care homes. My aunts on my mum's side—I've oh, not seen them for two and a half years because I dared to put mum into a care home. Oh, I see. I'm not spoken to me for two and a half years because I forced her into a care home. I forced her into a care home. I see. Right. Okay. Thanks very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number um got some texts uh on this pat says that evil woman who left that poor man on the floor was rewarded by our justice system by letting her get off going to prison like c- hey Pat, i'm impartial but i agree have we not decent judges in this country that can pass sentences that fit the crime sack the judge and let's have a retrial as for decent paying care homes start paying decent wages so at least the staff can be a certain quality and mark says why didn't other workers report them how much do they pay and how much profit does the home make i wonder it's not hard to test for compassion well but mark you say it's not hard to test for compassion how do you do that i would suggest it's impossible what you have an interview so, you see a baby crying, what do you do? I ignore it. I mean, what I do is I pick it up and I cuddle it. How do you test for compassion? Anyone could lie in an interview or lie in a, 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 a test situation. You've got to remember, a lot of these people in these care homes are older people with dementia who either, let's be honest, won't be aware of what's going on, won't remember what's happened, or won't be believed... If they tell someone, oh, it's Mister jo- Jones. He's he's got very bad Alzheimer's. He he imagines these things from time to time. Uh, I'm not having a go, Mark. I'm just curious how, as how you would test for compassion. Do give us a call and, and let me know how you would do that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, I'm 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 just confused as to how you would. We're still waiting on a call, by the way, from Shanbrook Parish Council. Sharnbrook Parish Council, I've not forgotten you. I've not forgotten you. A parish councillor from Sharnbrook Parish Council told a lady that her two kids, 6 and 12, well, didn't tell a lady, told the kids, 6 and 12, Oi! You can't play in these woods. You're damaging the natural environment. 6 and 12. They were building a den. One of the best things you can do with a kid is build a den. They love it, I love it, wonderful. Sharnbrook Parish Council. I will mention you every day this week until we get to speak to you so I suggest you give us a call now maybe we've got the story entirely wrong if that's the case then do give me a call 08459 455 555 and let me know maybe you'd like to apologise or maybe you want to defend yourself saying, oh, hang on well, there is very good reason why we've we've said this to these children of 6 and 12 Shambrook Parish Council give me a call let's sort this out Right, it's coming
5: up to 8:30, BBC Three Counties Radio. Time for the travel.
10: Travel news for
5: beds, cards, and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Disruption continues on the trains. London Midland and Virgin trains being affected by overhead line problems at Wolverton. And it means some services to and from Birmingham and Manchester this morning for Virgin are being cancelled. That's affecting you through Milton Keynes, of course. As for London Midland, they're running an hourly shuttle between Rugby and Birmingham. And buses are running Rugby to Northampton. The delay is expected to be ongoing until about 10 this morning. First Capital Connect, they have problems to the south of London. An incident at East Croydon means that the slow lines are still blocked and services are being severely disrupted in that area. M25 clockwise, one lane closed following an accident with two lorries involved between Potter's Bar and Enfield. That is slow back to St Albans at Junction 22. The recovery work continues. Anti-clockwise queuing into the roadworks past Enfield. Slow again from St Albans all the way through to the M40. Delays on the A1 at the Black Cat Round about stop start traffic along the A1M from Baldock towards Stevenage and the A1 into London looking slow from Borehamwood to Mill Hill Circus. The M1 southbound that is queuing from Flittick Junction 12 down toward Redbourne at Junction 9. It's still taking a fair bit of time to get through the traffic there and the M40 looking slow on the London bound side between Stoke and Church and High Wycombe. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Oh, I do apologise we've got, we've got no idea what's happening here the whole system has gone uh, to pot basically let's get the news with Serena Serena over to you
1: yo thank you a Bedfordshire mother's angry after her children have been told off by a Sharnbrook Parish council have just been hearing for playing in the woods they claim Yelno Lane is out of bounds because they don't want to affect the wildlife elsewhere a hello care home worker won't go into prison that's despite being found guilty of neglect as she fell asleep on the job a group of MPs say they're a serious problems with the government's plans for high speed 2 which is set to run through Buckinghamshire and the use of tasers by police has more than doubled since 2009 to just over 7,000 deployments a year we'll stay listening as JVS will be asking from 9 would you like to see all police armed with taser guns that's all the news now let's move on to the morning sport
5: three county sports
1: BBC three counties radio Formula One first and a Milton Keynes-based Red Bull Sebastian Vettel extended his lead at the top of the World Championship after winning the Italian Grand Prix, actually his sixth of the season. He's now 53 points clear of Ferrari's Fernando Alonso, who was runner-up in Monza, while Vettel's teammate Mark Webber was third. So, has Alonso given up on the title race?
15: Uh, Not yet. I think uh, we need to to keep fighting 100% every race. We need to... Oh, we can do uh, take some extra risk now because we are in a position that uh, we have nothing to lose so we will uh, attack maximum from uh, from now on
1: Let's move on to football and locally MK Dons maintained their unbeaten start to League One season, drawing against Swindon. Stevenage meanwhile picked up a draw against Tranmere. In League 2 Wickham were 2-1 winners at Harlepool and finally in the conference Luton drew with Grimsby. So looking ahead to tonight the England Under-21s play their second qualifier for Euro 2015 that's an away game against Finland Cricket, England lost the second one day international of the series against Australia by 88 runs they're actually 1-0 down in the series but the still have three matches left to play. And finally, Serena Williams now has 17 Grand Slam singles to her name. She beat Victoria Azarenka in three sets to win the US Open tennis for a fifth time. The match was watched by no other than the former American president, Bill Clinton, who paid this tribute.
7: Even though she loved tennis, she always wanted to be someone who opened up new avenues for girls and women. And she was able to play highly competitive, high-concentration tennis, win, and always be concerned about why she was really
5: doing it.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. More from me at 9. Call 08459 455 555.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. Shanbrook Parish Council we
4: need to speak to you the story about sarah morgan whose children 6 and 12 were approached in the woods by a councilor allegedly by a councilor uh, who said oi hop it you cannot play in here now uh, th- there are a couple of th- possible scenarios here one sarah morgan's children have got it wrong if that's the case at parish council then give us a call and explain yourselves two the other option is you are a bunch of meanies three Maybe you've got, you've got an excellent reason that we don't know about. There is Those are the three options. One, Sarah Morgan has got it wrong. Two, you are a bunch of meanies. Three, uh, there is a, a perfectly valid reason why you don't want two children playing in the woods. Either way, could you give us a call so we can set this straight? Otherwise, I'll be mentioning you every day this week. Shambrook Parish Council 08459 four double five five double five. Jackie in Cheshire has texted him. Why are children not allowed to play in a wood when developers are allowed to decimate areas, cutting down trees and affecting wildlife? I can't think of anything better than two young children building a den in the woods. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That'll fight the obesity problem. have been talking as well this morning uh, about Jackie Ndoro. Who's she? Well, she uh, was a care worker from Luton who was filmed asleep at the Limes Care Home in Henlow whilst an elderly man lay helpless on the floor. Oh eight four five nine 455 555. Patricia is uh, on the line. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. Patricia, you, you've had experience of uh, someone uh, being in a care home, haven't you? What happened?
2: Uh, yes, we did. It was my late elderly aunt. Uh, basically, uh, she was in an independent home to begin with, and then a larger organisation uh, bought them out. Uh, and to begin with, it was absolutely fine. And then we were rather concerned. I mean, although she was 100, she was totally there, um, and she used to complain to us that she was being a little bit manhandled. Mm. And we did make, we did sort of inquire about it, and we were told, her, well, you know, she's a hundred, her skin is very frail, etc., etc., bruises easily. Um, and then one day we had a call from the home saying, could you come in, please? And we went in, and basically a carer had been caught by two other carers punching my aunt oh. uh, forcibly in the stomach, in the ribs, what? and these two other carers actually had to pull her, the
4: lady off. She, the, so, a woman was punching your 100-year-old yes, aunt yes, in the
2: ribs and the yes, stomach? Yes, and we were her next of kin, you see. So basically, we um, called the police in. Because we thought it's a foregone conclusion that you know we we were we were adamant that we were going to take her uh, to, to to task about it. Um, the police came. They interviewed my aunt. They interviewed us. The police photographer came because she was bruised. Uh, the lady in question was put on. Uh, she was, um, late, she was put on, oh, what's the word? Um, she wasn't allowed to work for a month. She
4: okay, was put, so suspended? Yeah,
2: you know, suspended, that's yeah. the word I'm thinking of. Um, so we thought, right, that's it. So the CPS then took all the details. They then decided that because of her age, and because she wouldn't be, ele- at that age and her frailty, uh, she wouldn't, it wouldn't be good for her to go to court, etc., or go through the trauma of it all, they then said we, that they decided they would drop the case. We found out a few weeks later that the carer had actually been reinstated by the home, but was working on a different floor. So my husband and I were absolutely infuriated by it. So we took the council to task, et cetera. And after a battle, we actually got her sacked. But what I was going to say was that that gentleman, the manager, I think he should be congratulated because although he felt guilty that it took him time to prove the case, at least he was aware that he he knew something was going on. And I mean, whereas this other company, they just tried to brush everything under the carpet. And even when they had the evidence, um, they still really didn't want to know. And fortunately, this company have now gone into liquidation. Well, good I mean, it was probably the biggest one in the
4: Good UK. for them. Well, let's not, let's not have any more clues, but good for them. The, the, yeah. what, I tell you what, what, surprised, what surprised me about what you've told me is that there was a yeah. carer who thought it was appropriate to punch... Did she give any reason exactly. for why she was punching yes, a 100-year-old yes, woman?
2: Sir. Yes, I forgot that, sorry. I, basically, my aunt had been using her buzzer Because she needed to use the loo. Yeah. And by the time the carer got to her, unfortunately my aunt had wet herself. So she'd made a mess. And she was so angry with her. She punched her. She punched her. Um, Yeah, but not not just once. Not just once. Not that that would have been acceptable. She bruised her ribs. She bruised her stomach. Um, She was in a dreadful state. And obviously mentally... Um, at that age, she was in a dreadful
4: state. Oh, Patricia! What a horrible story!
2: And, uh, uh, it was awful. Yeah. It was that
4: bit surprised awful. me. The, the care home trying to brush it up under the carpet—that that doesn't surprise—that doesn't surprise me too much. Though,
2: no, even though they had two other carers there mm. that actually witnessed it and gave witnesses uh. and gave statements briefly, but still, Carol, but uh, listen. Fun, uh,
4: but Patricia, sorry, I, I appreciate you uh, you calling in with that horrific story. Punching a 100-year-old woman in the stomach and the ribs. That, That bit surprised me. The fact that the care home tried to brush it under the carpet, it doesn't. Some of the things I have seen, that doesn't surprise me too much. It saddens me, it doesn't surprise me too much. Incredible story, thank you for that. Foster Caring. A national charity says there is a shortage of foster carers in the east of England. Action for Children says this area needs at least 700 more people who are prepared to look after someone young. Well, would you be a foster carer? carol bull from caddington was a foster parent for more than 40 years joins me now morning carol good morning carol uh, why did you decide to become a foster carer
13: uh
24: basically uh our son was about 18 months old he was in hospital and there was a child there that had no one visiting and when i inquired i found out he was in care and so i went home and phoned social and asked if i could foster him and they they Obviously, you know, you have to go through the process. Um, then I became a foster carer. <laughs> uh,
4: it, it sounds like it was quite a straightforward process. Has it, has it In be-
24: those days, it was a lot more straightforward than it is today. I mean, I guess the system today is, is better because they vet you a mm. lot more. But
4: Well, it's, it's designed to protect the children and the carers as well. But do you think yeah. that that bureaucracy has put some people off becoming a foster yes. carer?
24: Yeah. Uh, I do. It takes so long, it seems to me, from talking to other carers, it takes quite a while now. Um, I think when I joined, it took about three months, but it takes an awful lot longer now, which is very sad for the children, really. Have you
4: you lost count of how many people you've fostered?
24: Um, Yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That many? Over 40 years?
24: Yes, quite a few.
4: And what did you personally get out of it?
24: um well i i found it very satisfying um i enjoyed it immensely Uh, my children enjoyed it my husband enjoyed it they probably gave us as much as we gave them and it was lovely to see them they came sort of very disturbed and left quite happy in a lot of cases and um That really is Mm. what it's all about.
4: And what age were the the, the young people you were looking after?
24: Um, I did a lot of pre-adoption babies, and I did, later on, I did older, disabled children. um, And really, I was there for, within reason, um, for whoever. But I never, ever fostered, or I tried not to foster older than my youngest right because i felt that it wasn't fair
4: you raise an interesting point there carol you, you've added another um uh, the, the piece of the puzzle uh disabled children of course we don't often think of disabled children no. needing to be fostered but of course th- 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 they do that that must have made it extra difficult
24: um it's it's quite demanding but very rewarding um i've probably fostered um, about four, four um, disabled children, um, respite, a couple of mm. extras, and, um, yeah, I I I did enjoy it.
4: Have you given up now, Carol?
24: Yes, I've retired. I'm in my 70s. Yes. I miss it terribly. But really? But I've been an independent carer. That is another aspect that people could do. Yeah. Um, I've been an independent carer, and now I'm hoping to become... A friend of um of any child that's um what does what does that
4: mean how does that work
24: um well i i'm just beginning to go into it it really means just going and visiting it's usually a child that's in her home Mm. go visiting talking perhaps take out for a, a orange juice over at sainsbury's or um or um it
4: that sounds interesting. And what's it okay. called cool, being a, a friend? That's that's an official term, is it?
24: Well, it's as it was put to me, would you like to be friend? and um, I'm, ju- I'm just in the process of going to be police checked. I but um, that isn't by social, that is by the home which okay. I'm involved
4: in. Well, Carol, listen, if, if, if anybody who gets you taking them out for an orange juice I think would we'll be very, very lucky to have your experience. Thank you very much for coming on.
24: That's all right.
4: There we go, that's uh, Carol Bolt from Caddington. Foster parent for more than 40 years. 40 years? And she's carrying on her capacity of, of helping disadvantaged young people at the age of 70. Good for her. See that befriending a a kid, I could do that. I'd be up for that. Couldn't foster. I haven't got. I haven't got the time or uh, to 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 give them the attention that I think they require. Maybe you have. If you have, you should investigate it. This befriending a child, though, I could do that. Meet up a couple of times a week. Go out for an orange juice. Go to the pictures. You go to the pictures? Yeah, sure. What's on? X Men. Yeah, I'm in. I don't know, is that is it as easy as that? I'm genuinely I could be up for that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, five, five. It's eight forty-five. Let's get the travel news now.
5: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
10: Overhead line problems at Wolverton are causing disruption for Virgin Trains. Some of their services to and from Birmingham and Manchester this morning have been cancelled, amended or delayed by up to half an hour. London Midland are affected by these problems as well. Their services through to Birmingham and to Northampton are being affected. At the moment, it's an hourly shuttle service running between Rugby and Birmingham and buses are running from Rugby across to Northampton. First Capital Connect, affected by disruption around East Croydon after an incident earlier. All lines have now reopened, but expect disruption for the next few minutes certainly could still affect them for the next at least half an hour or so m25 clockwise there's a lane closed long delays while recovery work continues there was a two lorry accident near potter's bar from there through to enfield is where the lane closures in place the delays are back to st albans at junction 21a anti-clockwise slow into the roadworks from st albans around to the m40 and then on the m1 you have delays southbound flittick to redbourne junction 12 to 9 the a1 is delayed from eaton soken toward the black cat roundabout stop start on the A1M from Baldock to Stevenage and the A1 into London slow from the Holiday Injunction to Mill Hill Circus. Adam Glynn BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Adam at 47 or thereabouts, it's Monday the 9th of
4: September. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Henlow Care home owner who caught one of his employees sleeping on the job on camera is disappointed they weren't sentenced to jail. Children in Bedfordshire have been told off by a local councillor for playing in the woods, claiming it'll have a detrimental effect on the wildlife. And in sports, Serena Williams has won the US Open Tennis for a fifth time, beating Victoria Azarenka. Oh, coming up sexy body parts but before that let's get the
5: latest weather
11: Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather
5: BBC Three Counties Radio
11: Good morning. Well, it's certainly a bit of an autumnal start to the new working week. We've got a little bit of cloud, a little bit of rain, but the temperature much cooler. Now, we've had some fairly heavy rain throughout the three counties already this morning, and it's set to continue. Some of it heavy, some of it persistent, really skirting through Bedfordshire at the moment and uh, making its way eastwards, and it will continue to do so. Eventually this afternoon, it will start to break up and turn a little more showery in nature, but it's still going to feel fairly chilly. Now, later on this afternoon, we'll get one or two sunny or maybe brighter spells, I should say, and that's when the temperature will climb. But we're still looking at it only getting up to around 17 Celsius. That's 63 degrees in Fahrenheit, perhaps a degree or two warmer in some parts. Now, overnight, the showers will gradually die out, leaving it dry with some clear spells. Um, it's going to be quite cool away from towns and cities. Minimum temperature 8 Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. A bright start tomorrow, but the cloud will build quite quickly and. Th- thicken and we should see towards the east of the county a bit of rain and some strong northerly winds coming in as well. But despite all this, it's going to be slightly warmer. We're looking at a maximum of 19, maybe 20 Celsius and that's your forecast.
5: Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... We're talking antics and collectibles. It doesn't have to be
8: old things. These anxieties that you have, when you get rid of this first one, you'll
1: find that all these other things that you're talking about can fall into place.
7: Nick Coffer. We've had some great music today. The Beatles, ABBA, Smokey Robinson, Adele
5: Pink Floyd. Nick Coffer. I am wearing bright purple jeans. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. We've
4: been talking about care homes uh, this morning after the story about Jackie Nadoro from Luton, who was a care worker at the Limes in Henlo. She fell asleep whilst an elderly man lay helpless on the floor and swept up around him. Tim's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Tim.
25: Uh, Good morning, Ian. Yeah, Tim, what can I do for you? Uh, I just wanted to say you were talking about compassion. Yes. Now, obviously, nobody can put a price on compassion and nobody can judge compassion. It's like a judge being in a court, etc., listening to prosecutors... Solicitors, he has to make from his own mind a decision. Yes, it's nothing to do with compassion because then everybody would be getting away with everything from compassion, won't they? What I'm trying to say is, yes. When we go to a supermarket, you've got CCTV. We go to a court, whether it's against us or we're fighting against somebody. All the judges and the people in the courts are protected. It's not against the law to have CCTV images. Yes. Now, if care homes invested in these new u s b cameras you can put on uniforms like they have in some hospitals yeah it would make life a lot easier for the complaints procedures and for the managers of care homes as well to see what has actually been going on if there is a complaint, and then with the images, they can take the drastic action they need to straight away
4: so who where sorry, where do these cameras go on uh, in your world on on the uniforms of the carers
25: yeah. So you can go out now. You can go to Milton Keynes, no. go to etc. Buy a USB camera, pen for about. I
4: can nine tell you miles. why. I can tell you why that that, that couldn't happen. Okay. Because uh, these carers get to see the most intimate movements of the people they are responsible for, and uh, nobody would want those intimate movements filmed close up, uh, which it would be if there was uh, a camera on someone's uniform. Correct, yes, I do understand your point. But, 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 that's not to say that, I think that's the slightly flawed argument, but yes, I think installing CCTV, When my little boy, the first nursery he went to, it had CCTV in all the rooms. Yeah, And correct. we were a bit, well, isn't that a bit weird? They said, no, it's a completely secure system, it's password protected, you can look at home if you have this specific password that we change every week. Yeah. So if if you had something like that in the care home, that all of the rooms had CCTV that was only the family and the manager or manageress of the care home had, I could see that working.
25: I I mean, I think, like you said yourself before, someone was commenting on a judge, like judges should have more insight into what's going on. A judge cannot have insight into what's going on. He's being told by the CPS or by the defendant what has been going on. The poor person who, like, f- say for instance, it's a hundred-year-old woman that got punched in the ribs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the person got reinstated. The judge was taken just from files in front of him and what he yeah, and the defendant explained to him.
4: Uh, Tim, thank you very much. Indeed, makes a good point. You're right. You, you, you do need evidence. I don't see. Is there a problem? Well, we haven't really got time to discuss it now. You can call in if you want. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Is there a problem with having CCTV? In all the rooms in care homes? I'm trying to think of how I'd feel if they were going to introduce that in my mum's home. I think I'd be up for that. You have a seg- really secure system. There's a webcam where? In the studio? No. Oh. Uh, you'd have a really secure system. you get a password. It would change every week. That's what we had at uh, my boy's nursery, and it was great. And it'll be recorded. Everything will be recorded. 08459 five, 455 double, 555 double, um, let's go to Justin from Luton Good morning Justin. Hello Ian. Well, uh, oh, it's you Right, I didn't yes, realise. Yes. yes, hello yes. Justin, you are right. Yes, absolutely fine. Yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I, 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 yes, I'm good It's weird having you back if I'm honest. Why? Well, it, c- Kelly Betts filled in for you a couple of days last week. Oh dear. No, no, I know, she was brilliant Was she? Monday was really good, Friday uh, but Monday was excellent. The same Kelly Betts we're talking about. Yeah, isn't? and even Sophie Solaria did some cracking stuff in the Week. Wow, she was. I mean, Sophie was was on fire. I think Wednesday she did a brilliant uh, piece for us. Sophie and Kraken in the same sentence. So what, that's unusual. What I'm saying is, Justin, how much longer have you got on your contract? Uh, it's uh, permanent. It's uh, continuing. Uh-huh. Unlucky. Well, that's that's a shame. That's a shame. What don't worry, yours? Kelly. Don't worry, Sophie. We'll see what we'll see what we can do. Because your I contracts. Di- uh, I've got another 12 months.
17: Ooh, let's see if you can last that one out, eh? I like your previous jobs.
4: <laughs> it will be the longest, uh, yeah. if I manage to say the full two years, it will be the longest I've ever held a job. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Now, uh, we've been out, you've been out uh, talking about body parts this morning. There's a report in a uh, couple of the papers that feet, feet are the least sexy body parts uh, uh, known to mankind, and indeed womankind.
17: Yeah, that's right. So uh, after a week away, I thought, you know what, I'll come back, some uh, groundbreaking news. Yep. Uh, Dean, Can you go out and ask people about their favourite body parts? Um, So, Ian, I've done that just for you. Okay. Um, Some um, slightly filthy words in here, so uh, please excuse that. But um, here's what people had to say about their favourite body parts. Let's have a listen. Mm -mm
16: -mm. Love, La longer has a hold on me. (laughs) (laughs) I am
4: stronger.
6: Sorry, sorry, I don't have to stop this. Hang on.
4: Sorry, sorry, that was the wrong, my fault, wrong button. This is it. Uh,
6: Nice muscular legs, tanned
17: legs, toned legs.
10: The eyes, yeah.
17: yeah. You're a clean lady, aren't you?
10: <laughs> yeah. Thank you very
17: much. <laughs> Sylvia, how are you today? Good weekend? Hello. Yes, thanks. Lovely stuff. Sylvia, this is a genuine question, OK? Ian Lee wants to know this morning, what's your favourite body part? My what? Your favourite body part. On a man? Um, I presume the legs. And uh, feet have been named as a major turn-off. What is it about feet that you don't like, Sylvia? I don't like feet at all. Well, why not? They're ugly. Can I show you my feet? <laughs> <No>. Oh, please. <laughs> no. Because mine are quite attractive, actually. I've got to run because I'm late for work. OK, listen, have a great day. Thank All you. All right, thank
12: you.
17: Eddie, are you into ladies or are you into men? I'm into ladies. Keep this clean if you can. What's your favourite body part on a lady? Nice butt. Anything else slightly cleaner? Ah. Uh, nice personality. So yeah. a nice butt yeah. and a nice personality. Yeah. yeah. And I bet the ladies love you, don't they, Eddie? Of course they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a little hole in the head. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was a nice... Eddie, uh, he knows what he wants. Yeah, he does. He was wearing... A nice butt. Yeah. (laughs) he's about 4 foot 9 he wears large boots and uh, he was wearing a fluorescent jacket so uh, once again ladies if you're interested uh, I have his numbers Okay, and we've also asked you to talk about Strictly haven't we yeah because um, over the weekend uh, the big ratings war of course is is something which people talk about every single year Strictly Come Dancing or The X Factor uh, which one is your favourite TV show over the weekend Strictly they've won The Ratings War well certainly to start with I think that will change as, as the weeks go on so we have been asking which programme do you prefer The X Factor or strictly here's what people had to say this is what people were saying oh hang on a second <laughs>
4: <laughs>
16: oh, dear, love no longer dear. has a hold on me i am stronger so much more emotionally it's oh, great to be back love no longer has a hold on me i am free
17: Sorry, that was. A, I do I think, I think We should maybe explain what that was here. Yes, yeah, so uh, let's look, explain it. Yes, uh, that, that was me during one of my music programmes, being secretly recorded by a no. member of BBC Three Counties yep. Radio's team, supposed team. team. Yep.
4: Yes. Okay.
17: Let's have Let's have a listen to this now.
2: Strictly, um, the glamour and the glitz. And not Simon Cowell.
17: Neither. Both absolute rubbish. you not even being tempted? No. Nope. Strictly Come Dancing or The X Factor, which one do you prefer? X Factor. Why The X Factor?
20: Because I think it's quite funny, actually, when they go and do all the auditions. And, um, and some of them, like, can't sing and then they make out they can sing.
18: Uh, the X Factor. Why The X Factor? Um, just not into dancing, I guess. No, it's not my kind of thing, done. You
17: seem like a pretty smooth guy. I mean, you're not into a bit of a boogie every now no, and again?
18: Not, no, not at all, no.
17: X Factor, love the music, mm. love, love the things that um, you know, it's it's just a competition, isn't it? Mm. And it, I don't know, I just just love the program. Do you like Bob Marley? I love his music. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a very quick story here. A couple of years ago, I was abroad. I was in the Caribbean. Lucky to be there. It was a holiday which I won and the maid walked into my room and I was listening to Bob Marley singing away and I was wearing a lime green mankini. Would you mind if I gave you ten seconds of my Bob Marley song? Would that be okay? You could be a judge. Go ahead. Okay. No woman, no cry. No woman, no cry don't give up the day job <laughs> see you
4: later thing is love he hasn't got a day job Justin Ian I'd, I'd like to say thank you but that would be uh, unfair on my listeners so
5: goodbye bye travel news from beds hearts and bugs
3: BBC Three Counties Radio
10: Disruption on the trains: still. London, Midland and Virgin trains affected by overhead line problems at Wolverton. For Virgin, this means some services to and from Birmingham and Manchester are being cancelled, possibly amended or delayed by up to half an hour, while London, Midland are affected with an hourly shuttle running rugby to Birmingham and buses running rugby to Northampton. First Capital Connect still affected after an incident at East Croydon and although the lines have reopened, services are still going to be delayed for a time yet. Looking at the roads, the M25 clockwise, you have long Delays, recovery work after an accident with two lorries involved between Potter's Bar and Enfield is still ongoing. Congestion back to St Albans Junction 21A through the roadworks looking very slow there. Anti-clockwise slow through the works as well. Plus from Chorleywood round to the M40 and the M1 southbound slow flitting to Redbourne. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Adam, speak to you tomorrow.
4: Right, that's it. That's your lot. Don't forget there is a podcast out. And new... your last week's podcast, I would say the best we have ever done. Go to iTunes and find it. JVS is up next from me until six tomorrow.
5: Ta-ta.
3: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
7: you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday and on today's Big Phone-In would you like to see all police armed with taser guns?